You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. have a talk about this World of Warcraft classic. Do I look like I know what a WoW token is? Alright guys, here is where we're going to talk about all the tanks in Wrath. And we're going to go through each tank, but we're going to start off with just some overall tank changes. Uh, I don't know all of the overall tank changes, but there were quite a few from classic to TBC. Um, and this is the part where we're just gonna talk about the changes that will affect most, if not all of the tanks. So first off, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it to you guys to jump in. Like, where do you wanna start? What was some of the, the overall changes to just the way tanking works in Wrath? I'm gonna let you guys take it and I'm gonna be right back. So most importantly, uh, oh, Okay. Uh, most importantly, Blessing of Salvation is now gone. Um, tanks were given basically an inverse of Blessing of Salvation so that in Wrath, basically everyone is operating with Blessing of Salvation. So you get the same threat uh, differential that you, that you like with Blessing of Salvation, but you don't need to have a Paladin that buffs you with it. Um, so that's just a, that's probably the biggest change. Um, obviously, tank threat is a huge problem in, in Burning Crusade, and they uh, negate a lot of that with that one change in wrath uh, tank threat is just overall even uh discounting that it's still up a fair bit um so tank tank threat is just so much better in wrath and um from a defensive standpoint um crushing blows go away so now all the gearing uh surrounding crushing blows changes um those are probably the two biggest things i don't know if you guys have anything else to add yeah, you can hop Cru in. Yeah, crushing blows is kind of the the big one for me, like you were talking about, because it definitely changes the way you gear. Uh, it makes it a lot more friendly for people. Uh, same thing with uh, the threat changes as well. So I think it's really important that people understand that, because a lot of people will ask me about uncrushable avoidance cap, etc. Um, I do think there's another thing too to kind of uh, factor in. Uh, this will not be as important in the first phase, but it becomes more and more important later. And that's that uh, there are now mitigation diminishing returns. So parry, dodge, chance to be missed, etc. All these things become worse and worse the more you have of it. Whereas before, that shit was getting better and better. That's why they had to introduce the nerf of Sunwell Plateau Radiance to like give away, like take away avoidance. It wasn't that people were like reaching 100% avoidance or anything like that. It was also that for, for like just 
an example off the top of my head, if uh, I get you 25% avoidance, right? And you have 1,000 HP, um, right? You're expected to take uh, 750 damage, right? It lowers your damage taken from 1,000 to 750, right? When you have 25%. If you go from 50% dodge to 75% dodge, you were supposed to be taking 500 damage and now you're taking uh, 250. So the first 25% brings me from uh, 1,000 to 750. And then my third 25% takes me from 50 to 25 or 50 to or 500 to 250, which is essentially having your damage at that point. If I'm supposed to take 500 damage and now I'm taking 250, I just have the damage I was going to be taking by just adding 25% more dodge when I already had 50%, right? So effectively avoidance was better and better the more you had of it. It's just like armor penetration. The closer you get to approaching zero, the better each point is getting. Uh, but now avoidance has diminishing returns to avoid that, to stop it so that for, at the end of the game, they have to introduce these obscure mechanics like Sunwell Radiance. So stacking mitigation and the way you're going to gear some of your characters may not be as intuitive as it once was. So if, like, for example, for DKs, parry, they already get parry from getting strength. So parry rating might not be worth as much to them as dodge rating because they're already getting so much parry from having extra strength. So things like that are going to be a factor that you have to think about when you're gearing your characters in the future and when you start stacking a lot more uh, avoidance. So another, I thing, uh, another thing that I'll, I point out, I just remembered, um, is that every tank has much better cooldowns um, in Wrath. So right now, basically, warriors are the only ones with cooldowns and a long cooldown shield wall and a semi-long cooldown in Last Stand. Now every tank gets cooldowns, multiple cooldowns, and those cooldowns are are much shorter. So I think shield wall becomes a five minute cooldown, maybe two minutes with the glyph or something like that. You had to glyph um, and talent it, yes. Yeah. Last Stand is much shorter of cooldown. Like druids get bark skin in forms, paladins get a defensive uh, mitigation cooldown. So just everyone has mitigation cooldowns to use. Well, and you you have to use them too. So like yes. in TBC, <laughs> I mean, if if your guild was good, you could play prop warrior and just take last handed shield wall off your bar, to be honest, because you, you, there's not a fight where you need those things until like Brutalis. There's there's very few times you're proactively pressing defensives except like Illidan and Rage and Brutalis, like if you know something's going wrong. But most things you could have just taken them off your bar. And if everything goes right, you would have lived. So it, it, it's less of like uh I'm going to wait and try and think of the best time to use this cooldown. And in, in Wrath, it's almost more like planning, right? You're like, yes. okay, we, we know the tank is going to get owned, right? He's got a defensive here. Somebody's got to cover this next you know, opening where he has no defensive. And that's when we talk about the different tanks, knowing when they're the cooldown of their defensives, how strong their defensive is, and what it can protect them from is important because you need to coordinate with like healers, right? Do they, does the tank need a sacrifice? Do they need uh, something like pain suppression is probably pain the biggest one. You know, spirit. Yeah, it's, you got to plan instead of rather just like randomly panic pressing. You can still do that, but it, it's just different. Um, it, I was uh, I was doing a bunch of Nax runs and stuff like that. And then I played with Fark, who's a um, a private server paladin player and tank player and raid leader. 
and he was just like okay sacrifice put up sacrifice and it's like a next person sacrifice is calling sacrifice i'm like dude i tanked this with like literally no help in the past like private server players are like used to calling cooldowns in a row um but it's like not necessary right now in nax and like sartharian and stuff like that it's like but it will be it, it seems like sure. overkill we don't like that's the thing is like we think it's going to be like that but we can't know for sure about private server tuning versus how it was in icc because i don't remember that shit going on in in my rates right? well i <laughs> think it depends it, on the guild make it too, easier like, obviously right in my guild we're gonna need to do that like you know <laughs> the, the guilds that are right now like you know maybe took a long time in sunwell maybe took at least a month if your guild took at least a month in sunwell that's the kind of guild that you got to think of things differently when it comes to wrath you're you're the guild that actually needs to be playing safer you need to be thinking more of like how are we going to play the mechanics more as they're supposed to be played because everyone in the raid is typically going to be paying less attention yep. in less gear you know that's where the plan matters more uh so that's and when we talk about tanks this is one thing i think a lot of people have flipped about protection warrior too a lot of people mm -mm. i keep hearing they're like oh prop warrior they're they're going to be you know great and in like a casual guild or something because nothing matters in a casual guild and i'm like i would almost flip it to where like maybe if you're in a more top-end guild the survivability would maybe be less of an issue maybe be more interested in some of the damage perks in a you know boomer guild if you've got and you know kind of slow healers i'm leaning towards a paladin a dk like i want to have yep. the buttons to keep myself yep. alive so i would you know keep that in mind when you're thinking of like the difficulty of the game it, we are expecting it to get harder in wrath we don't know for sure there's going to be some hard modes um but just because you're used to playing casually don't just assume that means that you don't have the agency to you know do something very helpful to carry the raid and, and think about you know how you want to be playing right because uh, when we talk about the tanks you have different choices you're going to have a simple option you're going to have a little bit more complicated you know you're going to have room to choose what you want to do and i think that's important to keep in mind it, it, it does matter what you pick but you ultimately still want to play what's fun yeah yeah um i i, I did want to mention like the whole you were talking about using your cooldowns and basically cycling them and knowing what you're going to do. Um, I think that's going to become a lot of the the fun for some of the tanks, especially DKs later, um, and maybe even like phase one with Malagos Artharian, where your cooldowns are very much so uh, you're planning them, you're reacting to uh, like DKs are, in my opinion, by far the best dragon tank in the game. They have the slowest attack speed out of all of the tanks because they're Spoiler. using a two-hander sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Um, and then the anti-magic shell is only a 45 second cooldown and you can absorb breaths with it and react to breaths by pressing it. So there's very much so like tanks have different jobs that they're incredibly good at. Um, and so it, it becomes a lot of fun. And it also means that they, uh, this is where Blizzard kind of moved away from crushing blows was like a way to give bosses artificial difficulty by having random spikes in damage. Now bosses will spike you in damage, but it's more predictable and they have tank busting abilities. Um, which is something that basically like Final Fantasy XI uses all the time, or Final Fantasy XIV uses all the time, um, the other online one, uh, where it's like, instead of just having random shit happen to you, your tank has to be good enough to react to these things, and you can tell when he doesn't, right? When you can tell when he's taking spikes of damage that he should have reacted to in a certain way. Um, so you'll be able to tell which tanks are, are, are boomed out. Like, <laughs> right away. Right away, you'll be able to tell which ones aren't able to actually press their buttons in reaction to a one second cast or a 1.5 second cast the most well, similar boss right now is brutalis with this stomp ability which is on a very specific timer and does yeah. close to lethal damage to a tank 
um, think in Wrath that those tank busters not don't do most of your health, but rather more than your max health, and you need to use defensive cooldowns to mitigate that to a survivable level. And so your your skill as a tank and as a healing core behind you and whoever else, do you have defensive cooldowns lined up so that you can survive every single one? I don't want to scare tank, you know people though. Like if we're talking like generally like the intro of tanking, I think yeah. tanking in Wrath is much easier than in TBC in a lot of ways. I think itemization, like just Zyrene touched on it slightly. If you have somebody that doesn't understand TBC itemization, oh God. they can be basically useless. Like if if you have a full like guy walks in, prop warrior, full mitigation, full dodge, and they're trying to tank like a Karazhan, attunement, he's going to have threat of neither the boss nor the horse. Like it's just gone because he doesn't realize that he's actually tankier than he needs to be. And he will not have any rage. Like it's going to be a disaster. Um, I think that's a big problem. Prop warrior had all of TDC is it was just really hard to itemize. Just wear, just wear (laughs) arena gear. You have to wear arena gear the entire time. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, in wrath tanking is much easier dungeon wise. Um, if you have a terrible tank, Yes, you might need to tell him when to use his defensives or he might not press them. But that's actually probably better than the boss literally running everywhere three seconds into every pool, um, which is kind of what happens in TBC. If you have a bad tank, they're pretty much none of the three can really hold threat. Maybe a bear because it's pretty simple, but um, bears even then, have really bad threat levels, though. Well, true. But I think even a bad bear, you're still going to have threat issues even in like so I, I think you still have threat issues. I think it's just pretty don't tough get, in TBC. Yeah, don't get too yeah. much into each of the classes yet. But uh, I've well, got a rough overview. I'm just saying there. It's yeah. much easier to tank. You can get into tanking if you never tanked before, and it's not something that's actually that hard. So that reminds me. Um, one of the other grand uh, changes that, that they do to tanks is your AOE and multi-target abilities now hit everything. It's not just paladins can. AOE tank. Now everyone has the capability of doing AOE tanking. Maybe there's a class that's a lot better at one, but it's not that one tank is is wholly insufficient to do any AOE tanking whatsoever. Yep. Okay. Well, I, I have... would ne- I would never ever ever make a blood DK try to AOE tank. Just ever. That, that is their 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 booty cheeks. They're booty so bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad at that. Oh my god! It like literally when I was blood tanking, I was legit like I'm just gonna go frost. I'm just going to frost tank. I'm just going to wear the same gear and I'm just going to frost. It just, it, this stuff is all over the place. Blood boil doesn't do much damage at all. It doesn't do much threat. Death and decay, long cooldown, unless you have morbidity. Like that, that's all you got, unless you're going to spread diseases. And even then, that's still not enough to really hold threat. It's just, that's the only class that I think stands out to me. Only tank spec that stands out to me is really struggling in that arena. But you're not, you're not done, though. You just might have yeah. to commit like two of your dual specs to like two tank specs like uh yeah. you know have to have to but i would probably go into like naxxram is with a frost tank spec you know mainly yep. frost deep frost still and yep. then a full blood spec early yep. which that's exactly might not be doing, something yeah. you want to do um exactly what i'm doing for uh for yeah. the for the stubborn tank part if uh if you're min maxing you probably don't use a blood dk in uh sure in nax yeah but it doesn't matter like it's easy enough all right so I actually, uh, you guys are so amazing. I actually had, I don't normally have to do this, but I had to pull out my notepad just to make sure I didn't forget any of the things. The first off, the, uh, the, uh, shout out to the, the prot, the prot warriors and just to make rugs mad. Oh, 
Right. Second is uh, the first thing that Corpse said I, is is fascinating because I did not realize that when they took Salve away, they still put that 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 bonus just on everybody, rather than it be thirty yeah. percent less threat for everybody else. It's just thirty percent more threat for you know, or roughly. Yeah, it's. I think it's like more forty three percent increase. It's it's exactly the inverse of salve, um, and so it's baked into your your tank's uh, stances. So bear form defensive stance with righteous fury active, and for DKs, it's when frost presence is active. Nice, nice. Okay. Different threat modifiers. Yeah, um, I think the. Uh, uh, but I mean, the, this was something that was already present. They just they just turned it up to a ten, right? Like rogues already did less threat than a hunter for the same amount of damage just naturally right like berserker stance stuff like that all these things had different threat multipliers on them so they just turned it up i think they also made it so some classes like uh i think some of the classes that have uh tank specs they made it so that they had like threat reduction talents at least available to them like ret paladin has it deep down uh there is one in the beginning of blood (laughs) For some reason, I don't know why it's there exactly, but you know that the whole whole DK trees are kind of a mess, in my opinion, except for unholy. Oh, yeah, but yeah, threat's not really that much of an issue. One thing I would say about threat in general, just quick, you might hear some people say threat is still real. Threat is still a thing that is absolutely like speed. That's like speed running. That's like speed running, and then specifically, I would say some add phases of bosses. This is my, in my opinion. I don't think you're going to have threat, uh, like a problem that is causing you to not kill a boss, unless you're like so such a small percent away that you can't afford to like tricks tanks. Like ninety nine percent of guilds can just boomer tricks tanks. You know, make sure your hunters are MDing. Threat mm-hmm. should not be a factor. And for again, most of you guys listening, you really want to focus on survivability, especially early, not threat. So. That's the main thing I would say. You're going to hear some people still saying threat is still very real. It kind of is in AOE situations, but especially in single target, it's it's kind of not. I mean, it sort of matters. Some of the tanks have some, you know, obviously a big variation between their threat, but holding it over the DPS is usually not ever going to be like stopping your progression. At worst case scenario, you have to move a tricks, you know, where it says, you know, your warlock's mad. He has to shatter, you know. Uh, in wrath i still have to shatter you know stuff like that yeah well as a rogue that used to get mad at the dps that wanted me to trick some on pull i'm i'm a like i went all through wrath i tricks the main tank first and then i tricks dps after that but always main tank first but i play combat so i don't know like it's just it was just a rule for me because it meant for sure I was able to go ham right off the bat. And with the changes that are possibly coming to Warcraft logs, people aren't even like only the full raids gonna care about you doing tricks properly rather than the one asshole that just keeps on your ass and in them tells like, come on, dude. So okay, so the next you know what else oh, you know ahead. what else? Um so this is not completely like fully revealed like we'll do more of it on like beta and stuff um but uh everybody knows about the arms prop build that's going around uh for leveling 
and there's an adaptation to it and things that allows you to use it in raid and we're my, at least my guild's going to be using it in nax and tricksing them is like the highest dps increase you could do because they already do six to eight k damage on fights save that for like, prod because i want to talk actually about do that. an insane amount of damage it's stupid sweet, yeah. sweet. and if it's a cleave fight like a horseman it's just disgusting sweet so, all right so yeah I've, I've still got more okay so first off um first off um, this is i want you to answer this at least one of you but answer this prior to answering the next part but you talked about the 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 sun well debuff on tanks and i yep. want you to explain that because a lot of the casual people i bet you 60 to 70 per percent of players don't even know that that was put in the game even though we covered it on this podcast and everything but the question i have is so armor has always had diminishing returns like the higher you go the less each point gives you per per uh, percent less damage taken is that what you're saying basically is going is um happening with dodge and parry and block yeah uh basically yeah the inverse kind of where it's like the more of it you have the better it is so it's the inverse whereas it's armor penetration the more armor penetration you have the better it is because you're last 1000 armor is worth way less than your first 1000 armor that's why you can mouse over like a character that has like 10k armor and it's like 45 percent damage reduction and then if you have 30k armor that's 73 percent and you're just like wait you're just like wait a second i tripled the armor but my damage reduction went up like only 30 percent or 32 percent so like the first 1000 is worth more than the last 1000 but when it comes to armor pen obviously if you're taking armor away your last bit of armor pen is worth more than your beginning one. So removing the last 1,000 armor off an enemy is going to be way more damage than your first 1,000 armor pen. Right? But that's in TBC, that's right? Like yes, in, that's in TBC. In, I mean, that's how armor is going to work the entire time, I believe. Yes. I believe it's the same way. Stacking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Really? The, ar- yeah, the more armor, armor pen is worth more, the more of it you already Even have. in Wrath. Yes. Yeah. So armor pen, changes, armor pen changes from a flat reduction of armor to a percent. So right now in TBC, it's more worthwhile on lower armor targets because it is really important to remove that last bit of armor, like to lower the target's armor to zero, where in Wrath, it's more because it works on a percent. You are reducing a lot more armor when your your armor pen is working on a plate target like a Holy Paladin rather than a clothy. So it it makes more sense in a fantasy world to have armor pen be on a on a percent system but the the end result of you really the armor pen cap is much more important than the first bit of armor penetration you get and that's true in tbc and wrath okay okay um then just a comment about uh uh when when zyri was talking about private service calling out all these different uh, uh abilities and stuff and he him not remembering that happening in wrath i was rating at the top end in wrath and i guess at that time i was ignorant of how have how uh, knowledgeable each person in my raid was the raid leader was calling certain things but it must have been that just everybody knew exactly everything they could to know about their class and their job that those things weren't needed to be called out. 
because uh, because like we didn't I mean we did Yog Zero you know like and we didn't have we just had basically movement stuff called out we never had anybody's actual what they needed to do called out ever so I didn't even know what a warrior did what a tank did what a a healer did we had you know different channels where you know. We had the rogue channel and then the DPS channel and then the healers had the healer channel and stuff like that. They all talked about it within there and their, you know, class officers would like do, you know, tell them things I'm assuming because mine would tell, tell me things, but it's just interesting how we've gotten to a point to where you could actually take skilled gamers in and like, you could actually just a raid leader could be so good that he can call everything. So I thought that was an interesting thing. It's kind of off point, but I just thought I would throw, throw that out there. I thought maybe Zatar might have something to say, being a raid leader. I, the, your guild was so good, they didn't need to be told what to do. And maybe that was a pug thing, but I, I think it's fine for the raid leader to manage cooldowns like that. So I think that's a fine thing for a raid leader to do. It's but, a very retail uh, thing. I think, yeah, I yeah. think the only thing on we had was uh bloodlust was the only thing that was ever called yeah like you know there's different degrees to what to say like i don't like to have to say on kill Jaden. there's <laughs> meteors falling from the ground is if there's one around you move you know. what my raid hey, leader I, says yeah he's I like see two right, guys, warlocks walking are... straight into a meteor please turn around you know like yeah, you like, don't want to say that but he's like we're on kill Jaden. he's like all right guys this is the ad phase you do, there's no other mechanics. You just have to watch for the spikes. Don't get hit by a spike. And then it comes out of this. Everybody, look at the look at the floor. Are you standing in a meteor swarm? Look at the floor. Look at the floor. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, do they not have weak ores for this? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, you know, I'm, just, I'm like, who actually doesn't have this shit? You know, it's just. It's crazy. I like, how, I like how your solution was weak auras and wasn't just like paying attention. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I was, was just like, like not, yeah. not it's, it's looking real. at that. Real. Weak auras are the solution to all of life's problems. At the same time, though, G GTFO saves my ass a, a lot. If there's a lot of different things I am watching, sometimes I might be looking up to kill that orb that's in the um, sky, and I don't see something under underneath me. You know, like. There, like, you know, I'm not, you know, perfect. Like, there are times that things save me because I just forgot about that one mechanic. And I'm sure a ton of people are like me. Not everybody is like top end, amazing, you know. And there's also there's less people coaching now. Like, there's less there's less people willing to tell you, hey, dude, like right here, you could do this, and it would save you so much. They'll just be silent and just like, you know, nobody wants to speak up. Nobody wants to ask the dumb questions in, you know, but this, that's a total side tangent. Yeah. Um, the last thing is what Sitar uh, said. Tanking becomes more fun. You have more, you have more buttons to hit at the right times. Do you feel like it becomes more like a, a as far as hitting uh, buttons and doing things proactively does it become more like a healer's job at the moment or more like a dps job at the moment because you're actually it's probably more fun because threat was the main uh, uh mechanic in tbc right and then 
40 man raid was the main uh, mechanic in classic. Is that what makes it more fun is because now you're actually doing stuff a lot more often. I would just say it's just more approachable. You're going to find and probably more fun for the majority of the players. Like I personally probably will have less fun yep. in wrath on a specific tank than like playing prop warrior because prop warrior in TBC is like it's everything cranked to a million. You're doing you know, a your, ton your of items. Your items matter so much. You know, keeping everything up is really important. If you start slowly making errors in your rotation, you're going to start having a threat issue in 30 seconds. Yeah, it's just kind of everything really matters, which I think is really fun. But 99% of people are going to go into their first dungeon as a prop warrior and they're going to make a Reddit post saying, uh, am I doing something wrong? I didn't tank a single mob in our dungeon. Um, you know, or I mean, and then it, uh, the the four other people in the group are going to say, "Is this guy doing something wrong?" But he didn't tank a single mob in the dungeon. So it's yeah. like it's not even just the prop warriors' enjoyment of the game; it's everyone else's because the tank it, is the bottleneck yeah, of the super raid. Super bad. Yeah. Right? How many DPS like, I, don't get to play their buttons because they're tank? I know a lot of D Fury warriors that like it was something that I was like, man, I, I was thinking like I like a uh, TBC heroics. They're hard. You have to CC stuff. I like that. It kind of takes a while. And then I talked to like a Fury warrior and they're just like, it's miserable. What do you mean? I I've never been able to do damage in like 95% of heroics. I enter. I can't press my keys. Like I'm just praying to have a really geared prot paladin. So I get salve and you know, that's, they have good. AOE. Well, that's kind but, of the problem with them creating moves. Like as a lock, like if you're not able to seed, like and in fact, I've been in so many different runs where a it's a tough trash pack. The raid lead says single target this first ad down, and I'm the only asshole that single targets the first thing down. All I'm hearing oh, yeah. is everyone pop, else is casting pop, seed, pop, yeah. pop. and then the things are running all over the place. And the and the and the and the other locks are freaking death coiling, making it even worse on the tanks. And it's just like, and I think that's just a problem with the move. And like, really, in TB in TBC, like, seed is only good if you have a prot paladin, you know. And that's a problem. Same with cleave. Although the warrior at least is mostly in plate now instead of in leather gear and stuff like that so at least if they're quick they can throw a, sh a um, shield on which i do a ton in like z in like z-a-g-g-d-k-p's you know like i throw a shield on constantly there because i'm taking aggro a ton if i want to go quick you're one of the few i'll, I'll just say that you're yeah. one of the few a lot um, of dead fury warriors with dual wield weapons on the ground there man yeah, yeah. you uh know what taught me that me fucking well corpse one but <laughs> uh freaking world buffs like uh, you die like a good amount of times to trash and you're like i just died to trash and you learn i need a shield like and i need to have this on a quick key that i can hit like and it still isn't gonna for sure save you but i mean you know, with buffs, what the cost of TBC, it's definitely worth that to have it on a macro. And then I have it whenever I go back to, like, when I go to defensive, it changes to sword and board. When I go back to uh, berserk or arms, it goes right back to my, like, I don't even have to, like, think. I just have to change um, stance and boom, it's there. But yeah, it's interesting. All right, well, 
That was awesome, guys. You guys, like, I just put a couple, like, two little things in there of, like, how tanks change overall, and you guys destroyed that. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's move on to the DK. Had to hold back. <laughs> Don't hold back there. Oh, you held back. What did you hold back? Yeah, because we're gonna spoil all these. We're gonna yes, go into yes. the nitty gritty of stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because I mean, no rabbit holes. No rabbit holes to jump down just yet. I yeah. I feel like if we jump from tank to tank, saying like oh, these yeah, different things, it's gonna confuse right. people listening. You know, I'm sure I've confused people like five times already. <laughs> oh shit! You, uh, but uh, nobody described the. Uh, the tank debuff in Sunwell. Oh yeah, yeah. Sunwell, Sunwell Radiance is a twenty per, is a hidden debuff that when you're in Sunwell, everybody has twenty percent less chance to dodge and five percent less chance to be missed. And this was introduced because people were stacking avoidance in original TBC, and there were things where rogues were for fun tanking mother or tanking Grohl, and they were like, hmm, druids are also becoming a problem too, and they just added this debuff in there because. It was really hard to balance. And I'll, I'll say, frankly, playing a class that has rage where you want to get hit, it's kind of welcome to actually get hit. Uh, <laughs> because otherwise, like when I wear the same gear that I do in Sunwell in BT, I'm just like, oh, God, I just got to put on my I literally have a, uh, like a PVP set that has 8% dodge. And then my for like context, my set that I actually use in Sunwell has like 28% dodge. Um, the avoidance just is so different but I want to get hit. So it was, it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing. It almost saves us from ourselves, but it definitely saves the developers from people being able to tank bosses and take zero damage. So yeah, um, you could hit hundred percent dodge in Sunwell. Yeah. It wasn't about. that a rogue tanked gruel. A rogue has soloed. Gruel oh, yeah. Because yeah. they have, they can get to hundred percent avoidance. Yeah, well, Granted, tanks can too with like yeah. reasonable health behind it too. So you actually right. could have just walked up to a boss, and yeah. even if you do, you know, get hit by a ability or something that goes through it, I mean, you could still tank things without uh, a lot of. A but you lot can't of do the, that now, right? You can't because yeah. of the Sunwell Radiance, that extra twenty percent, right. so, and then yeah. you said Gruel though. Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Gruel, the Sunwell Radiance debuff is not active outside of Sunwell, so you can take your extremely high avoidance Sunwell gear and go into older raids. And in this one example, Gruel does nothing but melee damage. So a rogue was able to go in with 100% avoidance and solo him because he didn't take any damage. Um, they can also do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a very specific set. Very specific. Right. Like, you need, like, <laughs> literally... How is he getting the first like boss down? Uh, <laughs> uh, friends, friends, friends. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, Gruel, yes, but he's not going to just get a free DST lock. Can't just uh, stealth past that. Ah, uh, bummer. No. Uh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, um. For example, my a lot of this comes down to on use trinkets being the Morris Pocket Watch and the Badge of Tenacity. But on my Druid against Brutalis, um, I was running like seventy percent avoidance, um, average over the entire fight. And that's with a 25% avoidance debuff on me. So had that not been on me, I you wouldn't have been think hit. Of, I, I would have been hit 5% of the time. That's just unreal in terms of survivability. It's like I can either, if I get unlucky, I'll go splat. But most of the time, I'm not taking damage. Interesting. All right, well, let's, uh, let's 
Start out with the the Death Knight, the new tank. Let's just do a little, uh, I don't know, whoever wants to jump in, just a quick overview of what the Death Knight is, since it's completely new, uh, like how they tank, and, uh, you know, maybe runes, just like a quick, like super quick overview of, like, DKs. And I don't mind not doing it first, but I think we should... Like the first thing we should do is talk about what the designated preferred like tank spec and stuff is for each because there's a lot of misinformation, like a lot of people saying blood decay is a DPS spec. What are you talking about? I played it in Wrath, right? They changed the specs a lot in Wrath for blood decay. The so it's not that you're, yeah, it's not that you're yeah. wrong. It's not that you're crazy or misremembering things. It's not your friend is lying. It's just they change stuff so much that like Frost is like baseline dps but you can have, there's some tanky stuff in there you can do some tanky things in there blood is the the tank spec and then of course unholy has avoidance nodes in there right at the top of the tree has some things can be used for threat and you can make hybrid specs with all these different things and we'll talk about you know maybe some ideas of kind of how a spec would go or uh, like you know maybe not the, the literal points but like an idea but think of blood as like basic tank the others are DPS, but you can mix and match. And, you know, we, you, you, there's different reasons to not play full blood for, for like threat reasons. So I guess I'll just start that and then I'll let you guys go into the yeah. details. Kind of like, like how hey. some dungeons could be tanked by a arms or a fury warrior if they had the correct gear type of deal, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, most of your avoidance is going to come from uh, most of your avoidance and threat in Wrath. Uh, at least at the start, is taken care of by your presence and your gear. So defensive stance, frost presence, these things are going to take care of your threat as well as your durability, but your gear and your avoidance is going to be the other thing that matters. Threat is typically going to come with that, especially in like the Death Knight's case with Icy Touch. So um, when, it, when it comes to DKs, like Zatar was saying, the specs swapped. Uh, Blood was originally supposed to be a go-for-the-heart armor penetration, just get in there, get, get to the blood type thing, right? Um, and frost was just freezing over your veins, being more durable. And then they swapped them and blood was more like heal yourself with the blood of your enemies. Uh, and this is something that I think a lot of people get wrong too, is that DK self healing is actually not that great in wrath of the Lich King. It's not retail where like the DK is doing twice as much healing as the healer in the group is like, you're not really healing yourself that often. Death strike is a lot of overhealing. Will of the Necropolis is a good like absorption ability, and then you have Rune Tap, which will help you every now and then. So I think there's a kind of a uh, uh, a thing there where people are like, how does the Blood DK actually tank? Uh, they're not healing themselves, but they're kind of like almost any other tank with just ways to mitigate damage. So it's not as different as it is in like retail the way that people tank. So yeah, something to you throw on top heal. of what Zatar said too, right at the start about people not being wrong, etc. When Wrath first came out, it was toted by Blizzard that the that they they had a huge tank problem at the time coming out of TBC. A huge tank problem. It's what uh Jay Allen Brack quoted when he said, You think you do, but you don't. You you remember looking for a tank in trade chat, blah blah blah. Blizzard had a huge problem with nobody tanking. So they actually advertise that the new hero class is coming out and can tank in every spec. And in the beginning, it probably was true for most part, but the they were over, true. yeah, they it were was, overpowered yeah. throughout. So 
many changes and iterations came to the end. So I wanted to throw that in there just kind of in the front of what he said about how they actually finally separated the specs into certain things. You were going to say something, Zatar? Oh, I think uh, one thing that just popped in my head, it was a different thing, but uh, also Bone Shield is deep down in Unholy 2. So there's actually like, and there's a deep frost talent that gives increases their armor. Um, I forget the name of it. Unbreakable Will, I think. Unbreakable Armor. Oh, yeah. Unbreakable One minute cooldown, actually, 20 second duration, yeah. You can play like a tank in all three specs. It's just when we talk about like raid tanking progression, like when things are hard, you're going to want to put a decent chunk of points into blood for raiding. But you can tank dungeons in all three specs. You can tank Max Remus 10 mans in, you know, all three specs when you're you know, not caring as much you know, and things are easy. Um, so yeah, a lot of options. Yep. Nice, nice. So just to give the overview of DK really quickly, uh, death Knights are tanky plate wearing classes of uh, tanky plate wearing class that has a way to increase their armor with frost presence, much like a druid in bear form. Uh, but they cannot use a shield. So they're using parry chance to be missed and dodge. They have no block. Uh, and their system is they use two systems, runic power and runes. They have six runes, two of each type, blood, unholy, and frost. And these have a 10 second cooldown on them uh, when you spend them. Your abilities will cost anywhere from one to three of these runes. And if I need a blood rune and I have no blood runes, then I can't cast it using an, a frost rune or anything like that. But then there's a thing called death rune that you can transform some of your runes into death runes and they count as any of the runes. Once you like learn the system a little more, it becomes a lot more clear. But you basically have six runes, two of each type. Every time you spend a rune, you generate runic power, and then you have runic power spenders. So you constantly use these things that are on a 10-second cooldown to generate runic power. And when those are all on cooldown and you need fillers, you'll typically dump your runic power. Uh, one of the things you want to do as a death knight, though, is you want to have a good reserve of that. Because some of your defensive abilities cost blood runes, cost frost runes if you're frost, and cost um runic power like uh, anti-magic shell. So you don't want to be in the place where you've just dumped everything to try and deal whatever damage you can. Um, you're just going to be kind of saving that for a just-in-case scenario. Um, so yeah, DKs are very interesting tank class in that regard. They also, so far from my experience, are the lowest damage-dealing tank class by a long shot. Um, warriors, Paladins, and Druids seem to do much more damage than the Blood DK. Uh, and that's a little disappointing for some people because you think the two-handed weapon using class, you would think it appeals to the two-handed weapon fantasy of dealing damage, and the Blood DK really doesn't do that. They're more of the really durable anti-magic tank that, at the end of the game, has a lot of effective HP. So. This is fascinating because actually, I actually have only ever played a, a DK through their initial quest line because it's just so epic and and fun and cool is the first uh example of 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 uh phasing and i keep meaning to do it on the beta but i keep finding other things to do to prep that i'm just like ah oh, no but uh so the, the 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 runes are kind of like like for me as a rogue brain to flop it it's kind of like the opposite of a rogue where you already have bubbles but they're three different types of bubbles and two each, and then you're building up the energy to then use on moves. 
I'm sure like I'm sure you have to get into it to actually like understand exactly how it goes but it it, it, it like system, I just their system basically is very much so buttons, like, it's, like it's it's rogue warrior mixed together the runes are like the rogue where it cools down eventually you have it you start a fight it just goes back up to full and then when you use those you start getting rage right you start generating another resource that you can spend on other things so it's kind of like those two classes mixed together in that regard you have one system that needs to be built up and the other one is one that will give in time will go back to full and then you start a fight with all of it interesting the, the runic, runic power is is fairly similar to rage yeah. um so you while a warrior has to hit stuff with auto attacks to generate rage, a DK has to use his rune spending abilities to generate runic power. But aside from that, they're kind of two very similar systems, yeah. if not identical. And dumb question, <laughs> getting hit, you don't gain runic rage. So here, here is the, the thing so. is uh, death knights are the only tank class in wrath of the Lich King that get zero benefit from being hit. The only time they benefit from it is when they have uh, anti-magic shell up. They don't have rage like druids and warriors. They don't want to get hit. Druids and warriors will have to balance mitigation with threat at some point where they're like, you know, oh, I have too much mitigation for this thing that's under-leveled content. Um, I'm going to dodge everything. I'm not going to be generating any rage here. Uh, Paladins, you want to block to reflect damage. And of course, in uh, Wrath of Lich King, it's to generate mana and it's also to get hit so that you can have a spiritual attunement and gain more that way. Divine Plea does take care of that a little bit in Wrath of Lich King, but DKs actually have pretty much no benefit from getting hit, so they want to avoid as much as possible. So they're the one class that I think stacking avoidance on is probably preferred, and that's why I think they're going to have so much uh, effective HP at the end of the game. Their Rune Strike ability, which is kind of similar to Heroic Strike for Warriors, it is only usable <laughs> after, after dodging or parrying a, an ability. Wait, no. you wait. Ooh. You said heroic strike. You mean revenge, yes. right? No, no, no. It's, no. So it's, it, it, it's, it's like both. heroic it's both strike. Together. It's both together. Yeah. It's both together. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like heroic so, strike in that it, it replaces an auto attack. You know how it takes you. like a white hit, makes it yellow, yeah. and it, it's not like a on global or anything. It just goes with your next swing. That's yep. that's what it does, but it activates like revenge. So yep. see, this yeah. is the Pretty type much, of stuff yeah. that I think casuals love because, like me, like. I just didn't even get that. Like, but uh, on the side note too, I love the way you say mana. <laughs> it's 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 the correct way. It is, it is. But I've yeah. always said mana, and like it's yeah. just like and, and it's just stuck. And most people say mana, but you yeah. you uh, say, say mana, mana, and it was hilarious. There was an episode of Classic Life where everybody was saying mana first, and then you said mana, and then everybody switched to mana. It was like, oh, don't. Don't uh, yeah. don't uh, do different than Zyrie. It's hilarious. I, I, I will just always say mana. I, I don't know. I've just it for me. They're two different things. Mana is M A N N A. It's the bread from the gods. If you go look up any dictionary online and you have them do pronunciation, M A N N A will be mana, and mana will be M A N A. Right. You're, so you're, you adopted pronunciations right. are, are still true. But just, adopted pronunciations. Language is all about communication. So as long as you know what I mean. Yep. It can become an adopted pronunciation. So mana is still actually acceptable, right? So it's not like I'm going to be a dick about these things. Be like, <laughs> mana. Like, yeah, I don't. It's I don't. just the way first, the way it first, sounds. So. Mana just sounds like pompous. Mana, you know. It's like. a, yeah, it's a, it does sound a little bit like that. It's also like because I, but you know, I was correct. an actor in the past. So yeah, 
yeah, it, it's really weird to to hit certain things and not sound pretentious saying mana and uh even if i was to say the word uh better but with t's in it and say better makes you sound like a dick yep if i start saying yeah yeah and i mean you, you could have played that better like it's just like yep. we like Rather our double d's better. here instead of double t's you know yep you're actually using d's <laughs> and Mm-hmm. And like the the British have a whole nother uh, system of just saying things differently, but uh, yeah. yeah, it also reminds me of I said I like Super Smash Brothers Melee came out, and I had never seen the word. I called it Melee forever, and then I was corrected, and I was really? like, oh, and I still to this day sometimes say Melee, and like think to my and like have to correct Melee. Sorry. It's just, sorry. Yeah. I just, I just want to throw that out because anytime anybody says uh, mana in raid, I go mana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're the one really being a dick here. Let's- I am. Yes, I am. I am. Oh, but, okay. So, um, um, all right. So, yeah, we uh, we definitely got in the no shield. That was actually perfect. Um, we kind of already covered the specs that were viable for raids and dungeons we you know covered that raids you're gonna want to be like mostly blood but you can kind of spec dungeons maybe heroics in uh, most specs my my personal experience and recommendation is that you go deep frost hybrid whether you're dps spec with uh tank gear on and you tank heroics that way you're gonna have a much better time tanking heroics as full frost um with tank gear and you're also going to have a better time on Nax Trash doing that. On bosses like Sartharian or Malagos or Patchwork, Blood is what my recommendation is there. But outside of that, uh, Frost is kind of the thing that I see being the AOE one more fun spec to able to actually hold threat on AoE packs. So that's my personal recommendation and experience. So I think that that, uh, for me, I don't really think Blood has much of a place in Phase 1 outside of the, uh, the solo bosses. Anybody have anything to add or counter to that? I would just say, you know, you can almost flip it in your head. Like, think of Frost as what you're going to tank in a lot of cases. And when do I want to be blood so I don't get owned, right? Anytime that you're getting owned, play blood. Otherwise, you can play anything else. Typically Frost. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, The the chat is like, has caught on to like a few of the things that like, uh, I think is like... See, it's secret tech. There's like two secret tech things for uh, for DKs that I think are going to get a lot more noticeable in the future. I think they're going to become more popular. Um, is that blood has always been kind of the two handed uh, spec, right? Uh, I'm actually of the opinion that two one handers is much better for blood uh, for dual wielding to actually tank things. Um, and the reason is is because there's no two hander in the game that has uh, things that increase your effective HP. As much as having two one-handers, there are no two-handers that have defense, no significant dodge, parry. They're mostly armor, pen, crit, and then stamina. Uh, but one-handers have a ton of tank stats on them that increase your effective HP, which I think is the whole purpose of having a blood DK. Um, the only problem w- with that is is that one-handers in phase one, especially unholy DKs, want them uh, for damage dealing, and they're basically stat sticks for you. So a blood DK's weapon is essentially what it is for like a, a warrior's bow, right? Or You're not a, gonna prioritize a hunter's that. weapon without yes, exactly. without 
uh, melee weaving, of course. Yeah. So it, in my opinion, that if you want more effective HP, blood, most of your threat comes from icy touch, which is an, a which is a threat modifier of 14x equals damage. So if I icy touch for 2k on a crit, I just did 28,000 threat with a single ability. Um, and it only gets better from there because it scales with AP. So Icy Touch basically does all of your threat for you. Your weapons are basically stat sticks, and I, the whole point is having more and more effective HP. So I think having uh, two one-handers is better. Some people will say, well, what about parry haste? Uh, only really dragons in Wrath of the Lich King parry, uh, do parry haste anymore. And if something parry hastes, you turn your attack off, like Syndragosa, like Sartharian or whatever, and you just Icy Touch instead. But also, there's another layer to it where uh, Corpse had mentioned uh, Rune Strike is behaving or is like Heroic Strike, but it actually has the same stupid properties of Heroic Strike queuing. So I don't know, like Heroic Strike queuing for people who don't know is the reason warriors don't have to stack hit like rogues do when they're dual wielding is that when you have Heroic Strike queued, your main hand and offhand adopt the properties of yellow hits. So your main hand only requires 9% chance to hit. And it means that while your heroic strike is queued or your cleave is queued, your offhand doesn't have dual wield penalty and it only has a 9% chance to miss as well. So you only need 9% hit instead of the 26 or so that rogues need for their offhand. Wait, but wait, for hold on. Is that in TBC too? That yep. is in TBC. I thought they fixed it. I thought, I, sw like, I swore I even covered that on the pod. Like, why have I not been doing that on my freaking warrior? Like, why a lot of warriors stop it. I, know, okay, so like I, soft cap. you should just be hitting heroic strike all the time anyway. <laughs> well, but like, it's also a damage increase without that, but yeah. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, especially so, with impale, impale so like, work on auto attacks. Late in classic, like, you just were like heroic strike actually took over uh whirlwind like you would actually do that and whirlwind was your was your last thing once you were over 2k attack attack power but prior to that like if you didn't have uh world buffs basically the only way to do good uh damage was to do the cancel but I swore I read that that changed, and then I've only been playing my warrior for like the tail end of BT Hygel, and I've been not doing it in the best gear, of course. But like till now, and like I don't, don't even have that that macro on my bar. Are you telling me it's still worthwhile? I'm saying it's worthwhile, but at the same time, you almost will never cancel it in the first place once you have good gear because you're just going to hold it down, right? You're just, just gonna hold down I've, heroic striker. I've just got if you to have that like a really point. bad opener or something like that, then yeah, potentially. I've just got to that where, like, point with gear. Yeah, it's also something where like if you're monitoring your rage really heavily during execute phase, you want to hold down heroic strike so that your offhand doesn't miss, right? I did. Even not, if the heroic I, strike never goes off, I didn't you know still that either. Hold down heroic strike. Yep, you want to hold down heroic yeah. strike because what will happen is you get the rage for heroic strike, right? Because your main hand hit, your offhand is queued, and you're about to execute. Your offhand will hit and we'll, we'll have the extra uh, chance to not miss. And then you'll be guaranteed to get that rage for the execute. Right. Dude, so I can't wait to go to my next G. DKP is my, my warrior. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be, be careful with that. So basically what I'm getting at here is when you have rune strike queued, your offhand adopts all rune strike properties. Only 8% chance to miss instead of dual wield cannot be blocked, dodged or parried. 
So when you have rune strike queued, your offhand cannot be blocked, dodged, parried, or missed once you have 8% hit as a DK. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely think dual wielding is probably going to be the way to go for uh, DKs that want to tank. But at the end of the day, the DK rule is basically just take whatever weapon nobody else wants, right? If there's a one-hander that drops and nobody else wants it, just, just grab it. If there's like a tank one-hander that nobody wants. If like last laugh, you probably won't get because it's unholy DK's best weapon and they want, some of them want two of them. Uh, and it's also a very good tank weapon, but your tank weapon really doesn't matter. It's why I also think like Shadow Moor and Pryo for Blood DK is absolutely like, people are like, where are they on the Pryo list? I'm like, they are not even on the list. They, are, they should not be on the list. <laughs> they, like, it, they would be last, but they would be like, I would cut the list off there before them. It's just not, it shouldn't be a thing to consider if you're actually like trying to min max. Um, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's uh, get into it. What are oh. DK's main, like, mainly suited for? Uh, are, are, like, what is their standing as, like, main tank in a raid? Of course. I guess we have to hit 25 and 10, man, but go ahead. I would I would say like kind of the way I see DK and how I would describe it to somebody if like if they want to play this class is like it is it is just the beef tank kind of in the way that I guess a lot of people see bears right now. Um, bears are still going to be tanky, of course, in wrath, but like DK, you know, like Zyri mentioned, you're not doing damage. Uh, you know, the DK is the tank that you want when your healer dies on a mechanic and you're down a healer and uh oh. Now the healing starts to matter. You know, if everything goes according to plan, your DK is not going to heal very much. But like on the beta, I was doing a 10 man, especially this is big in 10 man. If one of your healers dies in a 10 man, I say blood DK, you can still live. Uh, even on some harder stuff, that's when you're actually, your death strikes are not going to overheal. Um, the one of the reasons why I kind of, I was still indecision on what to play. I decided to play blood DK because of a Saffron attempt in Naxxramas where we had a healer die. And I healed for 350,000 as a blood DK. And the healer only healed me for 350,000. And then, of course, healed everyone else with Beacon. It was an HPAL. But I was like, okay, I know this is going to happen. I know I'm going to be in a 10 man. I know other people, uh, someone's going to screw up. Some healers are going to die. I'm going to be like the only tank that's going to live here. And of course, with more gear, it's more common. But I think, I think that's the Death Knight is okay. He's got cooldowns. He's got the like the best cooldowns, I would say, you know, in in total. Um, and it's got that little bit of extra healing to to cover other people's mistakes. That I think that's why you play Blood DK. And I don't think you play Blood DK if you're the kind of person that necessarily like maybe always needs something to press. Sometimes you run out of runes and you can't pull a pack for 10 seconds because uh, you're on death and decay, especially if you're playing blood. You know, that's kind of the downside. But I'd say that that's how it's I kind of like the paladins mana problems early on in TBC, yeah, it's, right? It's almost yeah. well, and, and they're much better in rats, so it's almost like uh DKs have more mana issues than paladins. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and they don't have mana or mana. Uh, <laughs> more yeah, runes, yeah, more problems. Like, and the DK is the uh the main character boss tank. Like yep. if you like tanking bosses and that's the thing you, that you like, DK is probably the best character for you to play. It's blood DK. Uh if you care about trash a lot, then it probably isn't really. You could maybe frost off tank, but blood DK is so is very much so. If you enjoy that feeling of 
being a main character in a raid and being the person that is in charge of threat, using cooldowns, keeping the raid alive from just a like this boss isn't running loose type thing, then Blood DK is definitely the character you want to play. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever played like League of Legends before. And there's that character called Nunu, a little Yeti that runs around and like rolls a snowball and stuff. And all he does is steal your stuff, but he doesn't really do anything with it anyway. So the whole saying for like Nunu was, uh, he makes you as useless as he is. That's what blood DKs do to bosses. Like you're not going to do any damage, but the boss isn't going to do any damage to you either. So that's how I think about it is they're, they make the boss as useless as they are. So if you're somebody who doesn't really care about dealing damage, and Blood DK could be a character for you. Now, I've also heard like that, like mix and match, like changing, you know, next, it's not going to matter. Any, like anything's going to work if you have a competent raid, to be honest. At least that's from what I've, what I've seen and what I also re, re remember from back in the day. But when you get later on into, different bosses is it going to be smart to switch out like the main tank depending on the boss like for instance i've heard that dk's are the best uh against bosses that have a lot of uh of spell usage because i've heard that they have the best spell mitigation um real quick does corpse do you want to throw anything in here i saw you just unmute if it talked for a little no i'm good okay so they're covering everything. Yeah. So is uh, like is like is that a thing? And like, do they shine yeah. more on other bosses than others? Yeah. Like like I said before, the Malagos tanking, the Sartharian tanking, dragons are really a DK's like bread and butter for what they tank very well. If there's a dragon, your DK is probably the best tank for it because they have a 45 second cooldown that mitigates i think 75 percent of uh magic damage taken transitions it into runic power for them in the resource and it's up to about i think half their total hp or something like it's that broken. i forget the other caveat it's, of it you, when it's you a, press it it doesn't yeah. feel fair it, yeah it's 45 second cooldown mm -hmm. and you have all these other cooldowns that do amazing things as well uh so yeah it anti-magic shell is just an insane cooldown and they're very much so good at tanking bosses like dragons so yeah Dragon, like you say, if you have like a paladin tanking most of your stuff because there's like AOE involved, your blood DK is going to tank like the solo things and they're going to do it very well. Yeah, it's like if there's like, you know, take like Sartharian. One tank's got to grab some ads. One tank's sitting still tanking the big thing that hits hard. You know, when you just kind of think of what tanks are good at, it's like, okay, the blood DK is good at standing still tanking things. And, you know, a lot of the other tanks are better at AOE. Um, and even a lot of people consider Blood DK is like really good scaling. But like Zarin said, even from phase one, they're going to be very good at the, the dragon, the magic mm -hmm. encounters. So they're very good at that kind of stuff. And they also still scale to be just very good in general, uh, of course. So. Okay. Okay. Um, what are they the worst at? Is that even a good question? AOE. Point? They're terrible at AOE. Uh, blood demon de yeah demonology warlocks are gonna hate you like it, the, if you have a blood dk and he insists on like tanking on trash the rogues are probably tanking for him they're doing the tricks of the trade rotation on him so that he can tank because basically anybody can tank in wrath of lich king if the rogues are tricksing them uh but that is probably what will happen if you have a, a dk that wants to tank that stuff you also feel pretty bad in heroics because heroics is a lot of just cleaving through stuff my friend was telling me uh i think he described the best way uh, heroics are basically like playing uh, Diablo 3. 
you literally are just cleaving through everything. It just feels like I've, stuff walks up. It just dies. It just dies. I've heard you can get through lots of the heroics if your tank leaves. Even. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. There isn't really too much of like a tank requirement. That's why like frost can do it. Right. Um, just need most of your durability. Like I said, comes from your, your, not even your spec, just your gear and your defensive stance or frost presence or bear form. So. Yeah. Oh, hear that people. If you can't find a tank for your heroic, just go screw it. Five DPS. Yeah. Oh no, no three DPS, one heal and a heal hands. Do it. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right. Heal hands is so bad. You need another healer to cover for them now. Uh -oh. oh god. Uh oh. <laughs> That's not um, sounding good. Also, good uh, tip. So if I'm ever running a heroic with a blood D DK, tricks on cooldown and uh, yeah, cool. Yep. Tricks and you get through it, but it's just you know heroics are just it's a timing thing, you know. So blood DK is like the one tank that's just going to slow everything down. Yeah, unfortunately. If everyone presses their buttons the second the fight starts, which is how everyone will play in Wrath because of how threat changes. So, yeah, everybody's going to press their nitro, too, and run into the boss with rocket yeah. boots on. So <laughs> rocket boots in front of you and you were expected to retake threat when yeah. you do less threat than them to begin with. So it's a little tough. Uh, right, so yeah. new, Icy Touch does a good job there, though. Yeah, new Jersey, single target. You're good. But. Like new D DK tanks, dual spec, and make sure you have an A and AOE spec. So basically what yeah. I'm hearing. Um, gearing and glyphs. What stats do DKs prioritize and what glyphs are I mean, I guess like glyphs probably change between raid and yeah. between dungeons, but uh we could focus on raids. Uh, yeah, for for blood, it's basically you just want to get um strength stamina are like two of your biggest stats because 25% of your strength turns into parry rating. So those are usually your two most desired stats followed by uh dodge because like I said DKs don't really have any issue with uh needing to be hit like the other classes do, right? So they can actually stack as much mitigation as they really want to. Remember there are DRs to this. Um but strength will also give them kind of spell power for their their threat so uh icy touch is people call it it and it stands for icy touch but it really stands for icy taunt that's basically <laughs> what it does when you press the button is it taunts the mob it's so much threat it's i i want to do a run where literally my entire bar is just icy touch just for the memes and see if i could actually tank and i'm pretty sure that i would be able to yeah it, it, it's, it's rough as off tank too because you're just like <laughs> okay you know this guy's uh, had 10 seconds right and you touch it once and then you're like oh yeah uh -oh. dude you know I, i'm kind of close yeah. i think i did that to you once or twice by accident oh you know? yeah. yeah well and then and I, it's I really was, awkward if you're prop warrior you don't have enough it, rage you're like all right so well, we're flipping roles now all right you got it because prop warrior really needs to get hit but patchwork is the Bad. trickiest because you oh, want to it's rough you want the blood DK to be number two on threat, but he has to be on the threat table at the start, but not above you. So it's like, ha, if he crits this opener, like he, he's just the tank now. Yeah, so that's, it, a, that's why I'd say hard. week one. I'm just like, get our melee DPS, get away from the boss. Please. Yeah. <laughs> just, just step away. Like, it's week one, you know, it's our first 25 man or something. Just melee, just get away. Because on the beta, I, I want to say probably pretty much every patchwork attempt a melee died. Because yeah. they that's that's the only boss yeah, I think died. I've run a few different runs 
I think two different ones with Zyrene and like patchwork was the only one that was ever really a weird issue. Like we yeah. like two we like two healed an entire one with rugs and patchwork was the one we had to change up a whole bunch of crap. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, but but uh, in terms of like you were asking about uh glyphs and uh what was it, a gear stat priority. Uh hit is also I would say one of your other prios. So like stamina, strength, dodge, parry, I guess a little bit and then your hit because it also works on spell hit and yeah, most of your threat is spells. Spell. Yeah, so, everything changes there. Yeah. It, and keep in mind uh it's 8% chance to miss bosses with melee, 17% chance to miss them with spells in Wrath of the Lich King. I think so, that's been it that way in TBC and in Classic too the entire time, right? Yeah. Uh oh. it, Physical hit is nine percent. Yes, or? physical hit's nine percent, and uh, in uh, spells it's sixteen percent because you always have a one percent chance to get resisted. Yep. Well, yeah, so exactly. here they took that away, but you need that extra percentage. So yeah, you got to get seventeen percent as a spell hit now. Seventeen percent oh, chance to be resisted, but you can only cover sixteen percent of that through spell hit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's still but that's not in math of looking anymore, right? Yeah, in, in Wrath, you go to 17. And one thing to mention, the reason why we're saying spell hit is because uh, some of the tanks have spells, but all of their taunts are considered spells. But they hit is now just a thing. There's no spell hit. There's no physical hit. So if you're playing something like a Blood Decay and you get to your 8% hit, your taunt can still miss, right? And if you glyph for it, there's a glyph. I think they all, for every class, yes. it all just should be 8%. Yep. Um, and that would give you eight more percent. Uh, but that's, you know, you add those up, that's 16. So sometimes you may so, want to do like... Um, spell hit has a, a better conversion than melee hit. So 8% yes, melee hit will... Oh, then you should have the exact like 10 and a half, yeah. You don't need an extra one then, my bad that. But the 8% glyph is something you're going to do on a boss where you really don't want to miss your taunt. Yeah, it's very, very good. But in terms of like for Blood DK, the only... The only glyph that I think is actually required is like vampiric blood. It's just five seconds longer duration on a one minute cooldown makes it really good. Then the other ones are kind of like rune tap isn't that great. Uh, Death strike, your damage doesn't really matter that much. So a lot of them are kind of taster's choice in that regard. Same with the taunt one. Because the taunt one doesn't really matter on trash. But if there's tauntable bosses and stuff that you're worried about, you probably are pressing icy touch anyway. So yeah, I, I feel like you can kind of add your own spice to it, but the main one that you should be getting is Vampiric Blood. The other ones don't really change too much about you, and you guys might have a different opinion on this. Some people like Pestilence, I don't. Some people are disease. Some people like uh, the Death Strike one. I feel like there's not really much that I, I need glyph-wise. Uh, so I guess the one thing that would, or two things I would say, if you do end up trying to play blood on a fight where you still need some aoe the glyph of death and yeah, decay okay. can yep. be good but like we mentioned a lot of the situations you want to be just playing frost in that case but if you find yourself in an aoe situation that's still great um, and the, glyph the one of thing death i will and say decay does what the, it just more damage 20 percent more okay. yeah uh, yeah i actually i actually use that one because it's so bad when you don't have anything good for aoe uh I mean, even if you're just I don't know if you, I, I was going to say like there's fights where it's like Noth, you can just play Frost, but if there's like an ad or two coming in, even then you can feel it. Um, so yeah, any situation where there's 
more than one thing. Sometimes you want the the death and decay, but you can also yeah. just icy touch everything too. Yeah, it depends. But the and only one I'll mention is I think glyph of disease. I would say it's fun. I yeah. like it because I'm I'm a type of person. I I just want to heal as much as possible, even though it's not like not something you necessarily need to do. So a little like thing about Sire likes to eat eviscerate. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's hey, it's it's satisfying. Eat him. Sorry. <laughs> I love this a lot. Okay, but, uh, if you are, if you read like Death Strike, right? The wording on Death Strike says uh, you heal for five percent of his maximum health for each of their diseases on the target. So you need your diseases on the target, and the like. Normal way to keep it up is you press Frost or Icy Touch, and then you press Plague Strike. If you use a Glyph of Disease, though, you can use a Blood Rune to refresh your. Uh, I guess you're icy touching anyway, so it's no big yeah. deal, but it replaces the plague strike. So you basically have extra unholy runes and your death strike is unholy in frost. The so long story short, it's a little complicated, but if you play glyph of disease, you get more death strikes and you can, instead of pressing blood strike, which kind of doesn't do anything anyway, you would use pestilence to refresh your diseases. Um, so that's just something I like to use because when I'm playing it, I'm having fun if I'm healing a lot. And if I'm, you know, just, I guess, pressing as many death strikes as possible, I'm the kind of guy that is death striking more mm -hmm. than I should when I should be icy touching more. And I have to make sure, like, you know, I'm not griefing threat or anything because I keep trying to heal more. Um, but that's one thing I'd mention. If you're a big death striker, you should definitely get an enemy swing timer and time your death strikes yep. with their swings. It's very helpful. And one thing I'll just toss in now, because we haven't talked about it, and it's kind of important. There's a talent called Blade Barrier, which yep. when your blood runes are on cooldown, you're going to take 5% less damage for 10 seconds. So this entire time we're talking about, like, you kind of need to keep a blood rune ready for a heal. You might want to keep a blood rune ready for a defensive. Well, not always, because you, you need to put them on cooldown at some point because you need 5% DR. And you ideally, you know, more advanced, you want to try and get a weak aura and keep up that 5% DR at all times. And just and uh, really tell gaming, everybody what yeah. DRB is real. Oh, sorry, real damage quick. reduction. That's so it. Just, yeah. It's really good. You want to take less damage. We just had right? a lot of people complain about the acronyms recently. So sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My bad. But the, uh, so with the 5% the damage reduction, you can really line it up with your blood runes because there's two of them. What you can do is you wait for one blood rune to be about to be ready. Then you spend your blood rune. Now your blood runes have been spent. You're now going to have a 10 second damage reduction for 5%. And boom, your other blood rune just became available. And you actually didn't have a period of time where you weren't ready for a defensive. So that's like, there's little micro things you can use a blood decay that don't really matter that much, but it's a little something for you to do. And I think there's probably more there for blood than the other tanks when it comes to little stuff to do. Um, maybe Paladin is second because they have cool utility, but I, I think blood decay is maybe the little, little things you can do. Yeah. Cool. There's tiny things like that'll make a, that'll make a difference for like, you can feel it when you're healing and et cetera, because like mm -hmm. yeah, before pull using death and decay into horn into waiting until the rune from the blood runes about to come back up and just using uh, a blood boil to get rid of both your blood runes right as the other one comes back up right and then you pull and you'll have double icy touch into just setting your diseases up into using your blood rune before the other one comes back up so you can just basically it's like blade barrier juggling where you're trying to make sure that you don't use 
uh, both of your runes at the same time, and that one comes up right as the other one is uh, being used. Yeah, and we haven't mentioned, well, actually, you mentioned it way long time ago, but you can make these death runes that are going to allow you to use any type of ability, not a specific one. So you can even come into a pool, you know, right before the boss, you want to death strike as much as you can. You can come into a pool with a bunch of uh, frost runes and, you know, smash icy touch a bunch. And, you know, if you're paying attention before the pool, that's, you know, more icy touches that's like what four versus two and then that doesn't even start and then you start using your your full reset and then you use your blood tap uh empowered rune weapon right in blood tap i think it's called yeah 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 there's two taps so blood tap rune tap i don't want to get in trouble it might be called rune tap actually is rune tap the right one no rune rune tap tap is the healing one which doesn't make sense blood tap is the rune blood tap is supposed to cost hp unless you cliff it which yeah I guess that makes sense, but rune tap kind of doesn't reset a rune. It's called rune it's, tap. Yeah, so I have a little bit of trouble with it, but I'll yeah. get there. All right. All right. Um, one other thing, one last thing I wanted to ask before I just asked the last part about pro uh, professions is so as a rogue, okay, you guys talked about, uh, you talked about hit. Now we talked about this with Simon Eyes when he was on recently about hit now just is straight up spell a uh, spell hit and uh and melee hit but mm-hmm. as a rogue you have to pay attention to different talents because you'll have different talents that say melee hit and you'll have yeah. different talents that say poisons hit and poisons hit is spell hit so is there anything you have to like really kind of look at that doesn't specifically say this is spell hit for dk's whereas rogue doesn't say spell hit it says poison hit there's actually two talents. So in Unholy, there's one that increases your chance to hit with spells. And then in Frost, there's one that is, it's, it's melee weapons. Um, so you kind of have to keep track of both of those there. Okay. So there's actually two talents that do two different things. That's something to really watch because Rogue, you could make up your extra, like as, like as a Rogue, you could make up your extra spell hit without having to actually sacrifice it on the gear through talents. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's something you have to keep track of with probably many different classes, not just DK or Rogue. All right. Uh, best professions. Engineering, jewel crafting. That's what it feels like. Is that pretty much for everybody? Do I yeah, just skip this question some, for the rest of them? There's some, like, there's some that might want tailoring for like their cloak snapshotting on bosses. So, and... I'm not sure though. There may be like a few, but yeah, it's basically jewel crafting and uh, engineering for everyone. For tanking, a couple of reasons why it's a little different from the other classes. Um, You know, when you have a a class that has like one primary stat that they like a lot, like death knights in general, even the DPS death knights, like they love strength and then tanks specifically love stamina and all tanks love stamina. The jewel crafting, like, gems are a little bit better than other classes that are maybe more balanced like rogue for example the difference between attack power gem or a hit gem or an expertise gem or it's all kind of close i would say um but you know when you have a spec that really likes a specific gem in particular that stands out from the rest and you can get it through jewel crafting but maybe the other professions can't give you that option 
right? Like I can get stamina as a tank uh, and I'll pick the worst counter example. If I go for inscription or something, it's just going to give me like dodge. Like that's not the main thing I want. Uh, so that, and then the, the trinket, there's a trinket that's really good that has stamina and an on use dodge. Um, so a lot of, you know, kind of gem slot, right? It, well, yeah, yeah you, you, it, it's slot, nice right? that one of them is yeah. yellow too, which can kind of help with crit immunity, especially for warrior, I would say, mm. uh, probably paladin too. But long story short, JC is great for everyone, but extra great for tank because of the trinket. And I don't, I don't think, is there any other class that uses a dual crafting trinket right out the gate? I, I, besides tanks, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. There could be some weird paladin things again with some mana thing, but I don't think so. I don't think they use that. I'm not sure. Yeah, but jewel crafting gives you a lot of flexibility because there are things like expertise gems or armor pen gems eventually that like you don't have professions giving you expertise or armor penetration really. So it's like you just it gives you more customization of your class uh, yeah. throughout the phases without having to really swap. Ever. You cannot get more expertise than a jewel crafter gets because they can actually use like big expertise gems and then yeah. gem everything else with expertise. If you're doing something like weird with like full expertise. But. And if you don't care about min maxing to the extreme, blacksmithing gives almost the same uh bonus as jewel crafting. You get extra gems rather than more powerful gems. However, you do lose that trinket as you won't have that as blacksmithing. Mm. Yeah, but like the way I see it, I don't think it really matters what you play. But you know, I kind of explained why dual crafting is like I guess really good. I think engineering is like you're zooming around with rocket boots. You've got a bomb uh, that you can throw every six minutes, and the bomb is like has I think like none of the downsides that you have ever had in all the classic variations of throwing bombs and explosives, and doesn't cause any issues with your auto attack. And so you get a bomb every six minutes. It's nice. Uh, you get parachute cloak, eat rocket boots. Engineering well, is just cool. And on yeah. and on top well, of that, you don't want to be the last person in. You don't want to be the person who doesn't have rocket boots. That's yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the, one for me. Yeah, that that was what I was going to say. The DK was designed around bringing mobs to to you, or you know, PvP bring like it's OP bringing <laughs> everybody rocket to boots you. in, and then you death grip it away from them to well, you but, in the back. Like, but yeah, you talk about death grip. That's yeah, kind but of you can't. I don't know if you've talked about that enough. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you can't use that on bosses though. So having rocket boots is really good because their mobility on like getting to people is way down. Correct, like, yeah. like so having those rocket boots could be huge and like honestly you know we could talk about basically engineering is just bis for almost if not every class if you don't have rocket boots and you're in a guild that's like even like semi sweaty they're probably gonna laugh at you like it's just it's just the sad hard truth because it's an enchant now you don't have to actually wear the crappy boots so all right well uh Okay, let's uh, warrior. Oh, oh wait, oh, one, one more, one more oh, thing yeah, before sorry, we move sorry, away sorry. from DK. Final thoughts. Final <laughs> thoughts. My bad. Uh, races. Oh, races! Uh, I didn't put in here for oh, some reason. This is, I'm this an is idiot. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Please, uh, please. Um, uh, what do you, What do you think? Uh, what do you guys like? I think. Night Elf is the best blood tank. Uh, I'm a Night Elf far. believer. By far. I think, it's, I think it's by far the best. Like yeah. when I compare it to everything else, human might situationally be good. Um, 
but Night Elf actually just seems like the best. Shadow Meld yeah. apparently can like avoid different mechanics, yeah. uh, can force a tank swap on untauntable fights, yeah. uh, so control sick. people. <laughs> and then even without Shadow Meld though, the racial being 2% chance to be missed by melee and range attacks is just better than the other options for mitigation. And it doesn't DR. All of that goes on after your damage or your DR stats or your diminishing return stats. So after all of your defense rating chance to be missed, on top of that is the 3% from your talent if you want that. And then the 2% from Night Elf. None of that DRs afterwards. Yeah. So. I'm going to be going Night Elf since I play Alliance. Uh, yeah. I'm a Night Elf fan. I guess Horde side, you can, of course, play Orc for expertise. There's a lot of good axes. Uh, yep. The racial doesn't give you a healing debuff anymore. So Yeah. And uh, Troll is very, very good just in general. Everybody likes Troll for damage. If you ever plan on playing damage uh, or having like a dual spec, Troll seems to be the best for Unholy. Snapshot and Gargoyle value is very, very high with Berserking. So, uh, Torrin Racial is really bad. Uh, sadly, it's like extremely bad. Uh, Blood Elf has, is an honorable mention here because they have a similar Racial, but it's 2% chance to be missed by spells. Sure. So, not as good as the Night Elf one, but it's still good. They kind of already own spells, so it kind of depends yeah. on which way you look at it. They're already mm -hmm. like insane at tanking magic, so do they need it? No. But they're always going to be slotted in for a magic fight. So yeah. it depends how you look it up, but yeah. I Human is, an, is a good one as well. Dwarf is also decent. Uh, dwarf, not like terrible or anything like that. Is uh, Human good don't, because don't of... Go Every man for himself, a.k.a. whatever the new word is for it. Auto trigger. I mean, it, you're going to have less uses for that than it, it's not like uh, you're constantly going to be using it and saving your life. Um, and from what I recall, I think there's some mechanics that are like you can't use it on that are like yeah. very specific, like you're not supposed to play right now. Um, but, you know, I'm sure we'll find some good uses for it. Um, if you plan to PvP, then you go human. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can play any of the races. So definitely yeah. go for like prioritize PvP if you're going to do that and you, you'll be fine without it. Um, Draenei, we haven't mentioned it, but Draenei is obviously great. Gives your group hit. Um, you know, you could argue it's going to be like on paper the best way to support yeah. your group. Um, Draenei racial is definitely the biggest damage increase out of all of the racials because it's group wide, right? Yeah. But once everybody has it, in their group it's useless so it's like it's the best up until a point but male yeah, or female though female female definitely i like i mean male gotta go male i like so male. A, a male night elf slayer i love yeah. it they just run like this male night elf enjoyer we like to use the term <laughs> enjoyer. Uh, oh man all right well i cannot believe i didn't have that in the actual questions race that that is that's huge my bad yeah, I think it's just like a, a newer development that Night Elf uh, Blood DK is it, it, it's something where like dual wheel Blood DK and Night Elf Blood DK, I think are going to be the things that people are going to you're going to hear more about this in the next few months as the game rolls out. People are really going to start pushing towards that because um, it was not a thing like two months ago. And before, I feel like, like locked in on human brain. I I feel like Zatar loves you because I'm pretty sure you <laughs> main tank as a warrior uh, male night elf right now 
Hey, man, the Dodge chance really adds up, all right? <laughs> all right. How many times I might have lived because of that? We don't know. <laughs> we, don't right? know. Yeah. we don't know. We don't know. We cannot know. <laughs> and I died enough that my dying was more important than any threat, okay? Uh, so, and if you like the way no. all, like your <laughs> armor looks, Troll's probably not a good uh, choice because uh, everything clips through every piece of armor on Troll. All yeah. right, guys. Let's move to Warrior. So how has has Warrior changed going into Wrath? So this is an interesting question. Would you guys say they have gotten better? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> way I better. Think they have gotten worse over the course of the entirety <laughs> of Wrath versus the entirety of TBC in the right hands. But I think for the average player, they're tremendously better because you can play the class. Uh, uh, I'm like a I'm like a prop warrior coper like a you know phase one phase two I think that should count progression kind of boomer person so okay so that value has gone down yeah they're flipped so I think that's the first thing to say I in my eyes they're completely flipped from TBC to Wrath we mentioned a little bit before they yep. went from being the defensive tank to oh I would view them the the offensive tank yes. the tank that's going to help your damage. And I want to, I, I think they're the most underrated tank right now because yep. I personally am the one screaming at our DPS warriors to Sunder. I'm the one who is, you know, the only one putting up Thunderclap. I'm the one, you know, I'm doing these things that no one realizes like your average guild, they're just not going to Sunder like, and you're going to have to like make a rogue do it or something. And that's a benefit of a warrior. So I would say they're, they're the most underrated um, going in. And a lot of people hate them. So I would. Yep. Oh, wow. People don't, like them when they're... people don't like them when they're good. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm of the same opinion. I actually this think warrior. Stronger. I actually think in the in the first phase in Max Ramis, 25 man speed run at the top level, you will see warriors in there. You will see a warrior main tank. Uh, I think by the end of the phase, especially they add the most damage to the raid. Um, the Sunder Glyphs and Devastate Glyphs that allow them to give multiple Sunders on trash will speed you up. Shattering Throw is a raid DPS increase. There's so much that they add to the raid while still dealing damage the same that's comparable to like a, a prop paladin in a full clear who right now is doing the most damage personally out of all the tanks. So the prop warrior's mobility adds on top of that. Their ability to AoE tank with Thunderclap, uh, three-minute challenging shout cooldown, uh, shockwave, even if you don't go shockwave, just revenge hitting for eight to ten k and cleaving um, is pretty big. So there's a lot of really good things for him. And I actually think with the announcement of uh, cooldowns resetting on boss kill, warriors actually just got even better because you don't have to glyph the two glyphs that people do on private servers, which is last stand and shield wall. You can keep your sixty percent shield wall instead of get the two minute cooldown off of it. And now you can go for even more offensive glyphs like having both the combo of the Devastate that gives you two Sunders on your main target. Sunder Armor combines with that and will do a third Sunder on an off target. And then you can get Glyph of Cleave on top of that and hit three things with Cleave if you really want to. So there's a lot of freedom that's being opened up here uh, for Warriors. And I think it's actually really cool. Um, I know a lot of people doubt them, but I actually think Prop Warrior in Phase 1 is the most offensive tank and they will be brought to speedruns because of that. 
And I think the glyph you mentioned, like there's there's good glyphs. There's even glyph of blocking, yep. Yep. which applies as you shield slam. So if you're ever worried about threatening the target, right? you guys as are... you are shield slamming, you're going to in- immediately get shield block value. And don't forget that shield block value comes from strength. Now, no matter what happens, you're going to have a bunch of shield block value, and your shield slams reset from your devastate. Crits, I believe, or it just might be a percentage. I forget. Uh, it's I a fifteen. It's a percentage chance from devastate and revenge. Yeah. Okay. It's just yeah, sword and board. Not, yeah. not tied to any particular outcome. Yeah. Like. Yep. But if yep. you're getting a bunch of shield slams, basically, so if you free up a glyph, you get ten percent uh, more block value, which is going to help mitigation and threat. Um, if you can slot that in, which I think is yep. going to be uh, an optional glyph that you can go with. Yeah. Absolutely, because that also is the ten percent block value is also threat. Because they have a thorns talent that is twenty percent of their block value is reflected back to uh, attackers, yeah. so you just added a little bit more to that. Well, and then shield block, shield, shield block cannon. increases your block yep. value, so it's like it just keeps reworking yep. itself in. So, shield flame yep. also scales, does more damage based on your block value. That's yes, like yes, two parts that actually increase your threat. And shield block gives you a hundred percent chance to block and hundred percent increased block value. So forty second cooldown. <laughs> It's very good. It's very, very good. Just, so yeah, I, I want to use it as much as possible. I love how much you guys love Warrior because I do too. Because you guys just jumped ahead a whole bunch of different things. Oh, and yeah. I was more looking towards things There's like. There's so much about it that's so good. Well, I was just looking like how they changed from TBC to, to Rest. So, like, for, for instance, like, I know Uncrushable and Crushable isn't a thing anymore, but. A big change is that, like a big change, a lot of people don't know and still aren't aren't you know bidding on the proper gear and GDKPs is that shield block goes from like what a five second cooldown to like a a minute cooldown that can go down to forty second cooldown with talents. I was looking for those types of changes that are like huge changes to the way the class works. Yeah, okay. I can do a, a rundown if you want. So oh, Thunderclap. I love it. Thunderclap no longer only hits four things and it hits a lot of things. Uh, it hits all the things that are near you. Now, the other cool thing about Thunderclap, it goes from doing no damage to doing damage and then it scales with attack power. Revenge goes from oh, doing oh, no wait, damage. Wait, one, more, one yep. more thing about Thunderclap. Sure. Even if it's more than the target cap, you can still crit and apply deep wounds, which isn't AoE capped. Oh, yeah, if, you, if, yeah, if you're going into uh, let, arms, impale, deep yeah. wound, yeah. Letting every everybody know the new a- AOE cap is ten mobs, and then that's when yep. it starts to depreciate. Just letting everybody know. Yes. Sorry, but then the individual takes the bleed is what he's saying would do. You know, it, it, that's not AOE once the bleed is yep. on it. So yep. that does full damage. I, I could thunderclap crit you for two, and then my deep wounds will start ticking for three eighty. Right, things like that will start happening. And also, yes. you technically aren't AOE capped on your reflect damage either. So ex- innumerable things can hit you and you'll still reflect. So they're actually a lot better at AOEing than before. Yep. Which we can go into Shockwave. Now, not every spec is going to have Shockwave, but yep. more parts of like holding threat. Shockwave is nuts. I think a lot of people are starting to sleep on Shockwave because people are getting excited about the arms build. Stunning things is very good, especially if you're pulling a lot of things, do, trying to go fast. Um, you know, stunning things for four seconds, it's going to die in four seconds a lot of times. I mean, I mean, I think you should probably speak in terms of anything that is stunnable speedrun wise. And like, how does, how does oh yeah, shockwave the, work? 
it's a, a frontal cone. Yeah, it's yeah. a frontal cone that it's can crit and apply deep wounds, stuns everything that it hits, will stun any number of targets in front of it, whether it's one, 100, 1,000, doesn't matter as long as you hit them with it. It does two damage, who cares, as long as it landed. A frontal um, cone cleave? Holy yeah, crap. It's that kind of be- like a... a- a cone of it, cold that, that stuns in a shorter yeah. range rather than slows. Yeah, you have to learn the range of it, though, because a lot of people will think it's longer than it is, because I think it's longer in retail. Um, or when it was like, you know, people were using it all the time in retail and stuff. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of small. But yeah, to speak to Zatar's point, we had like a paladin round up all of Ferlina's room and then just stand there. And then I charge and you buffer a shockwave into when your charge is ending. And you stun all the mobs. They're literally all so stunnable, and then they the just AOE room. them down. Yeah, oh, it makes the nice. gigapole trivial. Makes it yep. very trivial. So charge into the shockwave is very viable for gigapoles. And then the so we haven't mentioned the cooldown. It's twenty seconds. And even if you're just looking at like number, there's also a glyph for it too. So if you're yep. planning to three do seconds. like crazy chain pulls and stuff, glyph of the shockwave reduces it by three seconds. So if you're just like doing numbers. A four second stun on a 17 second cooldown. Like, that doesn't sound fair. Like, if, you know, any PvP is going to hear that and they're going to be like, like a 20% uptime, yeah. 23. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. PvP wise, they're actually really strong oh, in PvP. <laughs> they're also literally the rogues of like, Wrath is to Warriors as TBC is to Rogues PvP wise. Like, every two scop is viable, etc. And you're even good in in um, fives too, so you're even better yeah. than the rogue in TBC. Eh, to to some degree, to some <laughs> degree. But yeah, the prot warrior. It's really funny because a lot of people are always like respecing and stuff. There's prot warrior specs that like actually are very good in PvP and threes and stuff. So like, well, they mean, have things that allow them to take a bit. Go ahead. That's good now. Like prot warrior yeah. could actually be really good now. Like I think it's going to be a real big thing in. I think you got to factor in like the damage difference for people listening. Though you like right now, yeah. Like, you're you're not doing like one shot damage. And you I think you were going do. towards that with revenge a second ago, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like you just you just do damage now. Like that's the thing across your entire character, you just do damage and so many other ways too. But that's like if you're looking at your talent tree, it's like it's like all damage almost. It's all crit, like 15 yeah. percent crit for everything, like every ability. And then like, you know, oh, this thing. Oh, it's some weird shield bash thing. Oh, wait, your shield slam does 10 percent damage. Oh, this is some weird, you know, reflect thing. Oh, wait, you know, I'm I've, getting 100 um, percent increased or 100 percent chance basically at all times to be enraged. And just 10% do more damage. damage. Like, yeah. yeah um, when Simonize came on the show, he said he tre- he tried to fight a uh, a pro warrior on the beta and killed himself <laughs> with with the reflect. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's not even counting like the six k revenges that come through. Like they're yeah. actually disgusting in PvP. And it scales. Like, and that's the fun thing too. If you want to get scales, into. Yep. If you want to get into like doing a lot of damage on your warrior on specific fights there is an avenue for you to make gear sets that are going to be vastly different than a normal set. If you're trying to do a lot of damage, I would not recommend it. Your first raids or progression, anything like that. But you want to go into a 10 man, you want to carry your undergeared friends. You know, we're talking, this is going to be a full expansion, right? If you want to come in with like phase three gear and go into an ax 10 man, put a bunch of damage gear on, you put a bunch of strength on 
strength is increasing your shield block value. So one, uh, one point of strength gives half a shield block value. And before all your modifiers that increase your shield block value and your talents and all that, uh, that scale your strength. So if you, you, you just go on 70 upgrades or something, slap on any gear set, it just has like minimum a thousand shield block value, almost 800 because of strength. And then when you factor in, uh, you know, you just stack a, a bajillion strength. Your revenge is hitting harder. Shockwave's hitting harder. Thunderclap's hitting harder. The shield block value feeds into your shield slam. Devastate hits harder. Everything hits harder. You're just owning. Uh, so, so, yeah. So the arms prot spec could yep. kind of be compared to the dual wield fury prod from classic vanilla. Like, you don't want to do it until you have e enough gear to 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 support it, right? But it could oh, be like a huge thing for the actual raid if you can support it. I'm curious how Zyrene looks at it because the way I would look at it with the revenge build is in any situation where you're not progressing, you're not like really worried about dying and you're not worried about Shockwave being good, I think you can use that build. But me personally, I, I wouldn't even necessarily always run dungeons with that build. Because I'm going to be with three pumpers that are not waiting one second. They're not waiting for me to block and press revenge. They want to go, 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 go. And yep. I can get through the entire instance faster with Shockwave than that build, even though my personal DPS would have been way higher as revenge. So I'm curious. Now, you've probably done more testing in raids. It, how does it look like single target? If we don't oh. care about survivability, are we trying to fit in arms on every single or the arms prot every single single target fight we can just for more damage yeah so basically you're talking about like if it's like hey we're gonna have you tank like oh it makes not or something like that right yeah 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 it's just it those types of situations like i'm already looking at two two tanking knacks and having your off tank literally be only there for two fights or three fight three fights yep. patchwork thaddeus and then maybe kt but you can solo tank that as well um but if you ice tune with everything on you, then it's GG. So there's like only two fights that really require two tanks. So your off tank is like Feral Druid or Frost DK. Uh, and your main tank is either Prop Paladin or Prop Warrior is what we're looking at right now. Um, and the Prop Warrior one offers a lot more damage. And all you have to do to kind of prop it up is just double to triple rogue. Just rotate tricks and just keep moving, right? You're talking about waiting one second. The rogues don't have to wait for that. They can just run in tricks and just rotate it. 10 second duration, 30 second cooldown. So you can kind of shore up the weakness of the arms prod if you really want to, but the damage increase that it brings to bosses, it seems to be worth it compared to uh, Shockwave, unless we can find really big ways to abuse Shockwave and Gigapol more than one time, is what we're looking at. So yeah, it's it seems it's really good. It's very effective. It's a ton of DPS. It's literally going to embarrass DPSers in like heroics and stuff like that. We're trying to see if it can like embarrass raiders in raids. Um, as it just does a just just insane damage. I feel um, like it'll be pretty big in ten ten mans, right? But like twenty five mans, sure. if you're making sure. if you're taking a twenty five man boss, do you really want to be the arm spec? Because anybody who doesn't know the arms prot spec goes into prot like how many points? Like eighteen or twenty, something then, like that. Yeah, and then mostly in arms. I feel like 
like you'll only be doing that on older like 25 man content like what you you have to think about what those talents in deeper prot give you um there aren't many that add to your survivability right that's not the warrior's forte at all um vigilance isn't adding to your own survivability uh the spell the shield reflect isn't really adding to your your survivability shockwave doesn't really add to your survivability in terms of like living on bosses there really isn't much that you're getting there right it's like you get a little bit more stats uh out of the talent that gives you like stamina and stuff but uh you already get one of those similar talents it at the end of arms that you'll be picking up um yeah like the vitality talent is nine percent stamina six percent strength and six expertise but you're going to be picking up the four percent strength four percent stamina four expertise so you're really losing two expertise five percent stamina and two percent strength um in terms of just actual defensive power um maybe some spell damage reduction but you are going to go down to improve defensive stance uh and get the 10 percent increased damage so you're really losing like devastate chance to crit on some abilities uh your little thorns shockwave uh a little bit of stamina strength and two expertise uh and ability to charge and intercept in defensive stance and so like that's really what you're losing you're not really losing survivability at all right you're just losing the ability to keep things grouped easier than the other prop warrior now here here's where i'm going to be a doomer now and be kind of kind of the sad person in your average raid though if oh yeah, you're you're just <laughs> tanking warriors, a normal boss anyway. <laughs> your prot warrior should be playing deep prot because the increased health, the chance to critically block, you know, yeah. these things are going to matter more than the critical your personal block, yeah. DPS 99% of the time. And their personal DPS isn't going to be the difference in killing a boss. Again, you know, of course, a cleave fight, it's going to add we add up a lot more and yeah. maybe factor in more. But if we go past cleave to AoE, well, you're kind of great at shockwaving things anyway. So I would be the doomer there and say, be careful. You can grief your raid by playing the arms build. If you're going to have less threat on AoE, it is not better threat in AoE because you do not have shockwave. And you are, you know, you're not doing something that is helping the raid unless you're actually like speed clearing or, you know, you're on farm and you're having fun and you're killing stuff fast. Perfectly fine. But progression I don't think we should be showing up with the arms prot on uh, hard hitting bosses. And, yeah. you know, you get overkilled by 50 and they're like, man, how you, you know, why is your health so low? Like, you know, why are you like, what's going on? And it's just like, look at my damage though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if yeah. it dies faster, there's less opportunity for it to do damage, you know? But I feel like it'll be really cool I, I, on 10, on, on 10 mans though, right off the bat. It's going to be really cool until people are like upset the tank is doing more damage than them. That doesn't feel good as a DPSer. Like, it, it, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't feel good. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I don't know how many logs you've looked at where like the prot warrior is doing more damage than everybody else in the raid. Uh, this spec is like so good that Alondo's literally playing it on stream a bunch, and you know how much he likes damage. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's, it's it's pretty insane how much it does uh i i am scared because i don't know if this is one of the things they might actually touch for warriors in the first phase i know that it probably won't stay for like the remaining phases afterwards like i don't think they will have the survivability 
for like surviving Algalon and other bosses that hit extremely hard. Um, this is most like a Nax exclusive beginning of the game thing that we're seeing right now. Whether it'll extend past that, I don't think so, but some people will try to make it work for sure. And maybe it will. But somebody asked about uh, if you can level as this. Yeah, actually, the preferred leveling spec for warriors seems to be prot now. Hell yeah. Um, I've done it. The guy who does rested XP uh, tactics, he's literally doing marathons of leveling prot warrior speed level on beta from 1 to 80 as fast as he can. And it takes him like 47 hours to go all the way from 1 to mid 70s or i think 80 so it, it's very fast thunderclap is very very strong revenge hitting two targets is very very strong and natural cleave a 15 percent in your talents early on is very strong as well so the build is very good for leveling yep and yeah, i think well i was just gonna say the best way to put it is you know that meme of like the the two chat there's like the chat and like the big chad bar <laughs> or whatever he's called and like there's gonna be like the other tanks are like no you're not allowed to do that you're a prot warrior you're supposed to be bad and then it's gonna be like the prot warrior giga chad like you know doing top damage on a specific presses one fight. button out damages the raid yeah presses 50 buttons does less damage than the ret paladins like the other tanks are sitting there yeah, uh, that's what i would say the prot warrior. i would I, I think it's fair to say they're probably the most fun tank yeah, everyone likes things differently but i think they're the most fun tank uh you know probably across the average player's taste i would guess but yeah they're, they're very very fun um once you get past the discrimination for playing yeah, warrior tank <laughs> once you get past the stigma well, some people, oh, I think it'll go fast for like dungeons. It's, it's just raid. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, raid everybody spot, knows. Dude, it's good. fast for questing. Everybody accepted that they were like the best dungeon tank. Like even private server players were like, oh, yeah, they're the best dungeon tanks. And I'm like, Nax is just a big dungeon, dude. Everything in there is stunnable, tauntable. Like that was the difference between raids and dungeons was how much can I CC these things? And are bosses like actually something that matters threat wise? Can I taunt it? And like the mechanics and stuff. Yeah, it, Axe is just a big dungeon, and that's why warriors are so good. Well, and no, no, I've I have leveled up to like seventy four on two different uh, warriors, like two different copies of my warrior. And just to let everybody know, whether you're questing, uh, dungeon spamming, um, solo dungeoning, duo dungeoning. No matter what you're doing as a warrior leveling in a classic, if you have gear, if you have at least ZA gear, like ET gear, and you have enough block and everything else, at least to 74 with, with that gear, it is crazy to level as anything but arms prot. Literally, you could just pull everything in an area and kill it immediately with taking minimal damage it was an eye opener to me when i did that with my warrior and then made like a uh because my rogue's on a different account so i couldn't move him over but i made a uh template rogue and it was like literally night and day i was like just destroying every quest content, everything that I ran into, nothing was a problem. And then all of a sudden I get on this template warrior or, or rogue and I'm like, dude, I have to use vanish on cooldown because I'm just dying. Like, I can't do anything. Like, what is this? So, yeah, it's an OP. Like, I, 
when I first played the warrior, I just thought like, oh man, they just nerfed everything for wrath. This is like retail again. Like what the hell? But no, warrior is just that OP, at least for the first four to five levels. If you have prot gear, that was all I wanted to say about that. Yeah. Oh, it, it it's, it's really broken. Like, uh, my GM is constantly, uh, trying to find new farms and solos. So he's like soloing Utgard keep all the time at 70. And now he's got a new thing where it's like, well, what do you do after that? Uh, now he's soloing uh, all of uh, Drakthorn keep uh, at level 76, which is the same level as Wait, the mobs. What's your GM's name? Before. Does he have uh, a, Oh, does he have the YouTube channel where he doesn't actually explain it? He just shows his runs. He shows the, uh, the talent build and stuff like that. Oh, dude, tell him to hire you to voice over his, uh, his, his videos because they would be king if he just talked and explained what was going on during because those are money. But yeah, well, that's sorry. basically what I, I mean. I linked to his video when I and I said, hey, I got this guy did it before me, but he kind of didn't say anything. And then I was said, OK, it's, well, I tested it with a lot of different gear pre-raid. You know, what do you do it on a budget? But if you want to see this Chad in really good gear, just do it faster than me. Go look dude, at him. You it's know? A he, huge he just plays loss. trance or, or like, you know, just plays trance and just goes. So, uh, I don't know why he doesn't explain it. He's he, he speaks good English. He's Danish, though. So, so yeah, but, he, uh, like he yeah. he just obviously doesn't want to do it. But if he partnered with another person, I'm just throwing it out there like, well, you know, I mean, he could just Reach explain out. himself. I think he's good enough for that. But but I mean, it would be huge oh. because like I guarantee a lot of people turn that off when they're not getting explained what's going on. Like, I mean, it'd be huge if he partnered with somebody else. But that was all I was going to say. Or if he just yeah. did it himself. Um, yeah, now he's so now he's soloing all of Jackthorn Keep at level 76. So, yeah, I just I just I watched know. that uh, video today while I ate dinner. It was wonderful. Um, okay, so, uh, best suited for, like, I feel like, just as the rage mechanic, like, main tank is what you want your warrior for, but are they okay? Like, I've had multiple people on my stream tell me, oh, they're awesome off tanks, but I just don't see, I just don't see that. I, I want to know from you guys. It just depends what you're off tanking. So, like, take a fight like Patchwork. They are horrible off tanks in terms of like threat because they basically I mean, need if, tricks. If, yeah, constantly. If they're supposed to stay second, it's like a, a mix up at the start of the fight of like, okay, we need to make sure this guy like has enough threat, but we don't want him to pull past the main tank. It actually becomes annoying. Um, so I'd say the rage thing is a problem. And then I'd also say that. Um, in terms of what you're respecking into, you kind of have a similar, which, I mean, it kind of depends how, how much you care, but it's a similar problem maybe to Rhett, where a lot of people are not super excited to have an extra arms, an extra fury, or an extra Rhett when you don't need to be tanking something. And uh, yeah, they're not going to, we keep talking about how many cool things you can do. It all revolves around getting hit. You need yep. revenge to be procking. You need rage. You're reflecting thorns back. Like you are, I can't tell you how useless it feels. Like even on trash, I did a run with Zyrene, but if he pulls the trash pack, I might as well walk away. 
Because yeah. even even if I press Thunderclap, if he did more snap threat than me, I'm not getting hit. I don't have enough rage. I'm useless. I can't press anything. You're just you're just worthless. There's no revenge proc. What's your what, what, AOE cooldown yeah. as a warrior now? Is it less than ten? Is it down to five? You mean uh, four? Thunderclap is four seconds. I think. No, 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 no. Your oh, a it's your, longer now. Your AOE taunt. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Three yeah. minutes. What? Three minutes. Okay, okay that's, that's which is bad. really good, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's so that's what I thought. Um, so like basically, like you just don't really want them as an off tank, unless I, yeah. they're going to take a bunch work, of ads, like as arms prod. They well, even even they are fine off tanking. Like even on a fight like Sartharian, they are perfectly fine off tank when there are ads for them to tank. But you just have to th- you have to go by a fight by fight basis. Is there something for this guy to do? If there's ads there for him, you know, they're going to be great. If there's not, they're going to be great. Maybe late game damage wise, but then late game, then you have to start to question survivability, um, which well, but we don't know for sure about. But but late yeah. late game, they could swap to DPS and pump. Yeah, if, if whereas early main game, swap, yes. If they DK full swap, yeah. could swap to DPS and pump. Yes, so it's rather. kind of a weird, yeah, like which off tank you want to do damage. DKs are going to do good damage off tank the whole time. Uh, Warrior and like like prot are not, people are not excited to have them re-spec to damage, yeah. even though they're going to do fine, it's not going to be at the top, right? Especially yeah, if you're not going to have gear, right? It's going to be yeah. really bad. And Wait. this is what I was talking about where like, I really think for phase one, the two categories are like, for at least the top level, your off tank is either a feral druid or it's a frost DK. And your main tank is either a prop warrior or a prop paladin. The reason I say that is because the way that I define off tank is they will not always be tanking something. And how good are they when they're not tanking something? Right. What, how good is that class at that role? If you're on, uh, if you're on Maixna, what is that person doing and how good are they at it? If you're a prop paladin, you're hating your life. If you're a like prop warrior, you're hating your life. If you're a blood DK, you probably accidentally pulled threat. Like it's like these things are, are problems that you're going to have and you're going to be bored out of your mind if you're playing that. So if you're an off tank, like a feral druid, you just swap gear and you go. If you're playing the frost DK spec for off tanking, you just swap gear and you DPS swap gear presence and boom. Um, so warriors don't really have that same luxury. A lot of their uh, a lot of their damage in a lot in the specs come from procs or a deep talent like Bloodthirst or Mortal Strike to allow them to deal damage. So you kind of have to be specced into it to really get the most out of it. So you can't just swap gear and go on a on a, a prot warrior. Sadly, it's like a speed run thing though. To be good. yes, it's a very much so a speed run thing. Can you know go into dual spec and swap their gear? But yeah. think of Ret and Prot Warrior as very, like very gear dependent. <laughs> You're going to be so sad. You're never going to have good off-spec gear compared to other people. You're never going to have good weapons. Are you going to respect to Fury as a prop warrior and have like two tiers behind two-handed weapons? Where are you getting these two-handed weapons from? You're just going to... I mean... Who's going to give them to you? The problem is that people will just say, well, it's better than him just standing there hitting it as a prop warrior, which is what he would have done anyway. I mean... Absolutely. your boy plays fair. four prop paladins right now and has to bring Annihilator because there's nothing else for him to do on half the fights he doesn't tank. So yeah. it's like, to I know what fair, it's like though, to have to smack a boss for 160 damage. 
Any prot warrior that's respectable is going to push to get a two-handed weapon for PvP. So they should just be able to go arms. Well, right? any respectable that prot warrior. Requirement. Okay, and any respectable prot warrior is going to pick up two-handers because they're going to say, when I'm useless, I'm Fury, and now I'm the best DPS dealer. The best DPS uh, in the game. Later, so, right? Yeah, because like, it's funny because like as prot loses value, Fury gains value, or if I guess vice versa, as as Fury gets better and better, prot gets worse and worse. So like for example, even if uh, prot warrior could tank everything in like ICC and stuff like that, it still would lose value because you're bringing more Furies and more uh, arms warriors at that point because they're actually good. So the a big unique thing of like sundering trash very quickly doesn't mean as much, right? Shattering throw obviously has value regardless of the number of warriors you have. Which, which, uh, well, which that, is a that huge was, thing we yeah. didn't even talk about. Yeah, actually funny because people originally were fighting me where they were like, why would you ever bring a prop warrior? Just bring a, a blood DK and bring hysteria. And I'm like, there's nothing, there's like nothing a blood DK does adds more damage than what a warrior does. And then when you talk about hysteria and holy frenzy, shattering throw is 20% reduced armor on a boss for all of your physical damage dealers for the duration. And I've recently been doing this where like all the builds I see online for prot warrior have like three and improved heroic strike, like five in deflection, three and improved heroic strike. And then they get like two in imp charge and then they get impale and deep wounds. So the three points in imp heroic strike, actually you do not need those. I slap those into tactical mastery, which allows me to immediately swap to battle stance and start shattering throw immediately and then swap back without having to get hit or rely on hitting the thing and starting with less rage. Because one of the things that a, a prot, a uh, prop warrior and prop paladin player on private servers told me was he actually thought that beta was bugged because he was like, this warrior generates like four times the amount of rage that his full ICC geared warrior does getting hit on uh, private servers because he's, he's like getting hit generates so much rage for you on beta that he, he actually thought it was bugged or thinks it's bugged. See, and, and we don't, I just, we don't need any of those things that reduce rage costs anymore. I just feel like, Okay, so everybody says that like it's bugged and private servers were this, but literally like classic van vanilla was the only thing they had to rebuild. They have all the actual backups from everything after classic vanilla. Like so what they're bringing in is supposed to be the right thing. It might be bugged, but like we have to wait for them to figure out if it is or right. not. Like, I don't think it's bugged. I just think I don't he told think me that so private either. servers. He told me that private servers had less. Uh, we're getting less rage. I was like, I'm getting hit hard, and I feel myself getting the rage that I normally get right now. It's just that my attacks are actually generating a lot too. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's like a tinfoil hat theory. But I feel like private yeah. server players tweaked things and then shared builds, and then you know all 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 of a sudden everything gets a little wishy-washy but that's uh yeah. that's a different there's, conversation there's definitely two things on private servers that were a problem and it was uh rage generation for warriors and vigilance is bugged on some of the private servers where it's not uh redirecting the same amount of threat some people were saying it's like five percent instead of the ten percent um it's doing like a ten percent difference five taken from them five added to you um and and somebody's saying like that that's for sure a thing on uh thing warming and that prop warriors don't really get fixed because they're not a popular class in the first place. 
So, uh, hey, we should talk about vigilance for one second. This shit's going to be really clever. You can do some really clever shit with vigilance. I explained um, what it is first, though, before you say it. Uh, vigilance is a buff that has no cooldown. You place it on a person, only one person at a time. So you choose a buddy. That person gets 3% reduced damage. Doesn't stack with the Discipline Priest um, ability that does that. So that part of it isn't that big of a deal. But uh, Vigilance transfers 10% of their threat to you. So it's you better it than Hand of Salve, right? You put it on whoever is chasing you in threat with a mouse over macro and their threat starts becoming yours. Um, but the additional part of it is whenever the person who has Vigilance on them gets hit, it refreshes your Taunt's cooldown immediately. And Taunt is off GCD. And we were able to do things like on KT. Uh, KT is tauntable. So I generated the threat on KT. The Paladin taunted it off me. I put Vigilance on him. He had enough of a threat lead that Vigilance did not matter for his threat, right? Nobody was going to catch him. Um, and when all of the little Anubricon guys came in, Taunt is a 30-yard range. I was literally like, Taunt, that thing's mine now. That thing's mine now. Literally infinite taunts from a 30-yard range. Because the person that I have Vigilance on is the person tanking the loss now. So I keep getting the cooldown of it over and over and over and over again. So I was able to have really long range taunts constantly. Um, and you could group up any number of things as long as the person who has vigilance on them keeps getting hit. So it was, there's probably going to be some really clever things you can do with it. Now, well, I got a crazy one. Do you, can two prop warriors vigilance each other? I don't think so, but I'm I, not I, sure I'm because not I sure. don't think two prop warriors have ever been in the same raid together. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so either. <laughs> in theory, you could infinitely pancake a mob yeah. as long as they're both taking damage, right? One taunts, the other taunts. If there's like any ad hitting either. Oh, and you're talking you like stand across the room and make the yeah. poor, the the poor melee the just run after him. Yeah. There's supposed to be taunt DRs. <laughs> they're supposed to be taunt DRs, but they're not in. Um, they added that specifically to uh, prevent this problem because people so, were yeah. actually doing that. Yeah, yeah I was so doing. So you're this saying with we're we're playing World of Warcraft Pong? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like Resuvius, <laughs> we had all the ads die. I was like, I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to taunt this. Somebody else taunted off me in a few seconds, so I literally ran because taunt is a thirty yard range. So I was just like, I taunted Resuvius, he's running at me, Rugs just taunts him on the other side, and I was like, well, you know, somebody else taunts it, and then I taunt it back, and as long as you have, because taunt's like a 8 second cooldown, yep. um, for almost every class, uh, yeah, then like, multiple classes have two taunts, like Paladin and uh, DK. DK, so it was just like, we were literally making Resuvius run around in circles and not kill anybody for the last, like, 15%, uh, it was ridiculous. And so, yeah, taunt DRs are supposed to be in where eventually the mob becomes immune to taunt and, and can't be uh, taunted. It, it wasn't happening. I don't know if I like this because it sounds like it hurts melee DPS and gives. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Otis a thing. Well, I think they need to get rid of it. Character, man. <laughs> Just follow the you got to chase it. <laughs> oh, it's too much. Oh, man. Um, all right. So, uh, so yeah, we already covered dungeons are going to be awesome in multiple different specs for, uh, for tanks. Um, like, where do they they shine? I'm assuming it's anything with heavy mitigation for a deep prot tank that shines because we uh, already really covered like ads and stuff and like multiple target. I, I say AOE control is one of their shining points now with their taunt, shockwave, etc. Um, which is like Zatar was saying, complete opposite of how it is in uh, TBC. And um, then their other big 
big thing is just they add damage to the raid. They just add a, a large amount of damage from themselves, but also Sunders, Shattering Throw, and Mobility. So that's really kind of the thing that uh, prop warriors bring. No, and this is where I got in trouble. Uh, I so and we might want to talk about critical block a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I personally think that prop warrior is the most likely tank to get one shot. Not, not ah, really. Oh, okay. not yeah, no. I, I think so too. I from think so. spells or from, I mean, just, from just actual melee, dying to the boss, like just from what? any source of damage, because so they don't hit an actual flatting. cooldown. Yeah, there's some situations that are really good for them. Like, for example, let's say every 40 seconds you take a big burst of damage. Well, they're nuts because their ability every 40 seconds shield block is pretty strong if you can block and if you're taking, you know, physical attack. Let's say you're taking magic damage. This is probably the most common example that people bring up some sort of tank buster that can't be blocked or magic damage. Your prop warrior, uh, what does he do that the other tanks don't do better? And I, and I want to stress this is not saying that your prop warrior isn't viable or that they can't tank the boss, but a blood decay has a really broken talent that says uh, whenever you take oh. damage that would take you below 35%, damage taken while you are at 35% is reduced by 5%, and then it stacks three times. That's up to 15%. That is giga, giga broken. And what that basically reads anytime your health total matters because as a tank you just don't want to die anytime you may have died yeah let's just start taking 15 percent less damage when it matters most that's insane you know paladins have a cheat death every two minutes and then they have a talent that's kind of like the dk one but it's a little worse turns out it was a little worse than we thought too um it, it doesn't quite like the dk one any damage that's getting you low or killing you is like sliced the paladin yep. one there's like a bunch of math around like okay once you get to the low health point then yes. it starts reducing your damage taken so even though it makes it sound like you're going to take 20 percent less damage when you get low it doesn't and just to be clear that so in case people don't know the paladin talent says that when you die you get healed scaling on your defense and it's a two minute cooldown and you don't die anymore it's a cheat death and that same talent gives you a damage reduction as you're getting hit below 35 percent so long story short yeah that's a huge one for Pally. bears have giga armor bears have giga health prop paladins have a cheat death and your dk has a big dr when they get low on health and you could probably argue i think most would probably agree that the dk's cooldowns are better defensively than the warrior not in every yeah. case probably overall the, 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 they're smaller versions a lot of the times like icebound fortitude and vampiric blood but their cooldown is lower to the point where it matters more because they're up more frequently, right? Like if the cool, if I had a cooldown that gave me hundred percent increased HP, but it had ten times the cooldown of Last Stand, it's not better than Last Stand. It's overkill, right? Yeah, and and I think a, a lot of people don't realize that if they haven't played a tank, they don't realize like a Nightmare Seed is enough. Like I don't need my Nightmare Seed to give me thirty thousand health. Too, you know, the little bit does save you, and you feel it. I feel safe when I press that button on Brutalis. It. You just you have to tank to see it to know it, but you feel uh, safe. Uh, a higher quantity of cooldowns is better than like better cooldowns 100%. most of the time. Yeah, hundred percent. And so basically, what I'm getting at is, I, again, the weakness I would say of the prop warrior, and why I am not going to main it. I mean, I could I could always reroll. I hate dying. It's just the thing I hate most, and I, I really feel like prop warrior is the most likely to get one shot. 
Um, but that doesn't say they can't tank bosses, that, that not to say they're not viable. But I would say when we're talking about like the specialty of the prop warrior, you know, I, I think that's, you know, I love all the other things we've talked about that makes them really cool, but it's a, it's a reality um, that I, we'll I believe is true. But again, I'm curious about what you guys think. We'll see. I feel like you're going to come back to the brown before it's all said and done. Eh, it we, depends on if they can live. Yeah. Well, okay. Which, so which again, if they can live, it doesn't mean that they're the least likely to get one shot. I, I'm not oh, saying yeah. they're not going to live. But I you were talking about if you're talking like even just as an extreme example for Nax, patchwork hateful tank warrior warriors the worst. Yeah, warriors by far the worst. Druids are actually don't. good at it. Blood decays are the best. Paladins they have a cheat death, so by, they can uh, even just okay, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. By hateful tank, you're talking about the off the off tanks because they're taking the yep. hate. The 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 hateful strikes, but yeah, the main thing, yeah. tanking patchwork fine, right? Yeah, that t- they take less DTPS, so take less damage. Well, and but, this is where I brought up shield block. We'll uh, we'll go we'll keep going. We'll can you talk about critical block after? Yeah, yeah, all 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 I was like kind of pointing out to is that basically, and maybe I don't know. Like, is it is is there more bosses in wrath that have? The majority magical damage, or is there more bosses? You, not probably nobody knows this, but or is there more bosses that have majority physical damage? Because it feels like basically when you go magical, you're like really hurting. Like you want to give that off to a DK or a pally. And I would even say, don't just say physical. You need to block it as a warrior, or else yeah. one of their defensives goes away. So even some of the the tank busters that can't be blocked, they, you know, the, the okay. warrior is down another cooldown. So that uh, could be where the private server trend of going away from warriors began, right there. You it's it's not for just no reason. I think it's it's yeah. not just that because keep in mind we're talking about how good the damage of a brought warrior is, how they add damage to the raid. There's a reason they're not run across the board because if if they're the tankiest and they do the most damage and they are bringing the most well not not in most in all situations prop pallets pump too but yeah. if they're doing tons of damage they're bringing a ton of they're not just the god tank you know there's other there's give and take uh, so I just think it's important to be aware of where the downside is for the prop warrior. Uh, there, I love it, but love it. Okay, so uh. uh what about gearing and glyphs? And then I know Zatar's, uh, we got to sign Z- uh, Zatar out after this, but gearing, glyphs, and races. Let's just uh, knock that out. Well, block value has a lot of value, especially against the things you, that you should be tanking, which are tiny hits. Block which value also adds to your... Opposite uh, from what? TBC, right? Yeah. Yeah, block value adds to your, uh, I mean, literally shield block doubles whatever block value you have. Uh, makes it a hundred percent chance to just make your block value relevant and your block value becomes thorns. So strength, block value, very, very strong, stamina, same thing. Um your your full mitigation stats usually are a little bit lower prio. Um they com- like comparatively. Uh I'm not sure how much we're going to be wanting things like armor pen and stuff like that in the future. Because threat really isn't as much of an issue. Right now you have like a lot of crit, uh you want some armor pen from like gladiator gear, uh, gearing wise as well. I think actually that's one thing I, I do want to touch on, uh, the misnomer. This is for people who don't really understand like tanking. When people say defense cap, 
that's not really what they mean. They mean uncritable. Yep. And the highest crit chance that anything in the game has that isn't an enemy player is 5.6%. So all you need is your defense when you mouse over it to say reduces chance to be crit by 5.6%. But you also need that number to, or sorry, it doesn't just have to all be from defense. You can add that number with your resilience. So if my resilience is 3% chance to not be crit, and then I have 2.6% chance to not be crit from defense, but I have like 100 less defense than the defense cap, I'm still uncritable, which is exactly what the defense cap is. Now, defense still does have value past the cap. The cap just means that you're losing one-fifth of the uh, effectiveness of defense. You're still gaining block, dodge, parry, and miss chance. You're just not getting chance to not be crit when you get more defense beyond the cap. So defense is still good if, if that gear also has other things on it that is also good for you. So it, it, currently That's, in TBC, defense is like one of the best things for prop paladins still, even when they're capped. Block value or block rating and defense are like their best mitigation stats. That's so. something that's huge. Uh, that didn't, that took a lot of time for to yeah. sink in with me for TBC. And I'm sure other people are as smooth brained as, as uh, me. But uh, yeah, I get the question all the time. Like when I open my character sheet, and I don't think any of my characters ever have, uh, aside from my prop paladin. And even then, sometimes I'm just leaning on the gladiator weapon. Um, I don't think any of my characters hit defense cap uh, in all of their gear sets. So people well, will ask me all the time, like, "Are why? Wait, you're credible? Like, oh, like, what are you doing? Like, running around with this gear set? Like, actually, people don't realize that defense cap is a misnomer. It's really just uncredible, and you can get that from just defense. Well, and on top of that, or from more than just defense. The part that like con that confused me the most was was when re when re re resilience came into the game, um, mm -hmm. and I and I re remember asking Yip, I was like, well, could you just use a whole bunch of re resilience? And he didn't really explain to me what it actually is, but what it actually is is like the bosses and mobs and different things have like a set amount chance to crit. So like yep. once you hit that with re with re resilience, it's worthless after that. Like it yep. does nothing. Uh -huh. Like maybe yeah, maybe it makes a little less damage when you get crit, but they don't crit you, so it doesn't matter how much damage it negates. Yeah. You know, and so it's a hard thing for somebody who doesn't tank and doesn't get it. Like and maybe I'm just the only dumb one, but I'm putting myself out there. Like it took me a long time to understand actually what that meant and like how you could throw in a couple resilience items into a tank set, but like it can't be a tank set. Yeah, like um I I think this is why like I brought this up for gearing. Uh I think that personally I'm gonna use two pieces of gladiator gear throughout pretty much all of phase one. Minus like if once I'm full bis and everything comes together because it's going to prop up my resilience and my uh, uncritable by a lot, right? Like the two set bonus is a hundred resilience now with I think AP mixed in there, so it's also offensive. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be part of my boss set too, even from the beginning because it's very hard if you're not using resilience to hit uh, uncritable in uh, in Wrath of Lich King at the start, like. The template yeah, gear, you, you got a paladin, right? Yeah, yeah. DK and bear doesn't have to worry about it at all. And yep. DKs have a pretty nice glyph early that gives them a bunch of defense. So it's uh, 
You mean the the runes? The sigil. Sigil, sorry, not glyph. Oh, the sigil. sigil. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking because like a also lot of their enchants, but yeah. exactly their enchant gives them 26 or 25 if you're not dual building, just straight defense, not defense rating, actual just defense. So those usually prop up DKs pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, so as far as stats, would I be correct in saying that if you're hitting your caps in dodge, parry, block together, which is kind of confusing for people, if you're hitting that those caps strength is probably your most important stat not agi or maybe stamina is your most important stat like because strength adds to block value i don't, I don't know i'm curious it, it depends on again what you're trying to do and what your guild's level is at if i'm talking to like an average player and i'm trying to stamina. make sure that they're not yeah. dying yeah i'm just saying all you care about is crit immunity and then stamina. Now, of course, there's going to be some items threat is that are going to have problem, right? Correct. Yeah. And there's going to be some items that are like, well, this item has like 50 dodge, and you only lose 10 stamina. And I'll be like, okay, we'll we'll take the 50 dodge. That's a lot more dodge than stamina. But in general, it's like full stamina stack, like stamina, stamina, stamina. And I would even recommend again, against Especially even for healers too. If you have like lower class healers in your group too, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you just don't want to die. Healers are cracked in wrath. Just give them, give them a chance to save you. Like that's the way stamina is. Like especially early, and I feel like it's going to be this way for most progression as you're going through. Healers are so strong in wrath. They heal so hard. They have cooldowns. They're just cracked. We're already hearing people talk about one healing, two healing things. You know, one healing ten mans, two healing twenty fives. It's yep. like okay, healers are super strong. I don't need to avoid like every single attack and slowly save the mana over a long fight. Of course, that's nice. And it is going to save me when I take a barrage of damage. Or but, when you do something like Yogg, yeah. Zero Light, something super, super long. Like but stamina, like, I mean, even, even Yogg Zero, it's going to feel like it always seems like in classic, people are like, oh, people used to have mana problems. Oh, people used to gem MP5. Ha ha ha. Like Yogg Zero, we're awful mana. Like, you know, there's no mana pot in combat uh, anymore uh, that like, well, one, 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 yeah, one, yeah. one, but you're not going to be spamming them and stuff. So um, we'll see if it's different. But I am, you know, until proven wrong, and uh, I'm always going to recommend always go stamina as your top priority. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's there's a balance to things to where, like, you know, you're, you're going to take a socket bonus that gives you like a bunch of like 12 stamina, you know and put an agility gem in it if it hits your meta you know it's not you just turn away from everything but most of the time you want stamina shout out to armor too armor is reliable it always reduces your damage dodge and parry and block is not reliable always you can get one shot and you might not get lucky enough to avoid anything anyway stamina shilling ended Uh, what do you guys think about stamina I'm, i'm a pretty big stamina shill yeah, I, I like stamina a lot. Um, I have to move away from it, like sadly for spell power and now for spell power and agility on Druid because you know, threat is just a thing. And in Wrath of the Lich King, it's much less of a thing at the start. So stamina is 100% the way to go. You want to have like, and that's, that's really satisfying for me. I like having the 35, the 40k HP pool. That feels good to me. That's the tank fantasy for me. I like that. So I love stamina. I love it a lot. 
one of those things that like there's not a lot that makes my monkey brain come out and go like big bar like that stamina is the thing that does it for me it's not like big numbers or anything like that like a dps i'm just like <laughs> i, I <laughs> look just look at, takes HP bar. always like look at me i'm at 22k <laughs> one thing in in back in retail ref tanks were stacking stamina through the entirety of the expansion every single tier they were just maximizing stamina the the other stats just weren't as important and there are several tank buster fights in every tier of content that will stress your stamina levels yeah starting from sarth uh, sarth 3d specifically into old war where you have plenty of fights uh, xt hits hard seal breaker hits hard just so many fights hit hard and the, will will punish you for for not having a lot of stamina on on a tank yeah all right well yeah. just one thing to throw in like that uh you guys you guys talked about we have a mention on the podcast and i'm throwing it in here like willy-nilly in the middle of this but uh yeah Potions change quite a bit. You could only use one pot per uh, fight, and until you die or the fight's over, your pot does just never comes off off of cooldown. So there's no more chugging. Um, and on top of that, people usually pre-pot to do that. But on top of that, we go back to the vanilla system of re resistance pots, uh, where you could actually pre-pop a shadow resist, frost resist pot, and then it stays for the whole duration instead of a short little little thing from like the way they changed it to TBC. So I thought like that's something that I haven't mentioned on the pod that I think is like really interesting. Because yeah, so, it threw me through yeah, a loop so, with TBC. Because I only PVE'd in both vanilla and wrath, not TBC. So, in Wrath, it starts the practice of pre-potting, which still remains in retail to this day, 14 years later or whatever. So you can only pop one potion in combat. So the idea is right before you enter combat, we're talking like a second before, two seconds before, three seconds before, you pop a potion and can use that in your opening salvo of attacks. And basically, that allows you to skip the one potion in combat for that particular instance and also use it later on in the fight so you basically get two potions uh, per boss fight so that, that can be say in bc you have two iron shield potions um where you're only supposed to really have one um and whereas in bc and in, in classic we we chain chugged uh, stone shields and now iron shields to get a large portion of damage reduction through the entire fight just just popping them off cooldown kind of have to be more intelligent now in in wrath of when we need um either defensive potions or offensive potions which is just I, nice for knowing how many consumes to bring to a raid too i think it's important to mention i think tanks it's probably the most important pre-pot in the sense that you it last two minutes so it, it doesn't feel fair but if you pre-pot on like a four minute fight, you have a hundred percent iron shield uptime. If if you miss it, if you accidentally pull too fast and you didn't drink your armor potion, you're now really you just point. lose that massive armor potion for two yep. full minutes. Um, and, and the armor when, potion is also an offensive potion for a lot of the classes. Plated armor, armor to the teeth. You get AP from popping armor pots, so you have 
basically extra AP for the entire fight. Yeah, for like uh, Fury I mean, Warriors in them stuff because they're probably going to be taking well, even the problem <laughs> too. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, like any DPS warrior, it feels like since that's the first five points in the prot tree, they're going to take the thing that makes their armor value give them more attack power, like, and it's going to make them hopefully only roll on plate gear. So Maybe that that'll do more stuff. damage than a speed potion in a long fight. Who knows? I, I don't. I don't know what the numbers are for wrath, but in BC, uh, Iron Shield potion was like eight percent DR. It is not trivial in the slightest. It's almost another defensive stance on top of your already uh, pretty beefy stats. So if you happen to miss that pre-pot again, I don't know how powerful the wrath version of the the, the armor pot is. It is pretty significant. And I would heavily like the big one is patchwork. Patchwork is actually a fight that is long. It is actually a fight where your tanks can die of like all the fights. It's like the biggest one. My accident too. Make sure to pre-pot on those fights. I mean, just all of them, honestly. Even even the fights like Grand Widow Fearolina, if you your raid goofs up the mechanic, the boss can enrage and go nuts. Um, especially early on if you don't have much DPS. Uh I mean. It, it, it kind of matters, uh, I would say, especially as a tank. So just you're the one pulling anyway. Make sure you pre-pot with your pull timer. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really good. All right. So, so somebody's somebody's going to make a weak aura. Somebody's going to make a weak aura. Guarantee it. That uh, tells you when your tank pre-potted. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Airhorn. It's like some some of my buddy always pre-potting he's about to go <laughs> yeah he's about to go right because people will do like pull timers and stuff and then they don't go like right at the right time like they'll pre-pot right before and then they'll go um or they'll pre-pot like five seconds before oh uh, dude that's it's perfect like a, the air like horde would just be like all right we're going game on i love <laughs> that i love that idea and shit like that already like some of the mages have ones that are like when i pop wings it tells them when i pop trinkets or anything like that it tells them it's very very helpful nice Uh, uh, so in wrath and onward because of the pre-pot conundrum where you can't potion in combat more than once you really want to be paying close attention and abiding by your pull timers to a t it's not something where you can just accidentally pull three seconds early because you felt like it that's a good point too that's yeah if like if somebody pulls before the like timer people are especially dps that are wanting to parse are gonna be pissed because they didn't get (laughs) imagine nine you know what 24 people pre-pot and yet one guy i didn't pre-pot wipe it (laughs) and then you're just like no thanks, man. Like, <laughs> sorry. I don't know how many but then times you have a tank that pulls it like three seconds early, and the whole raid doesn't get to pre to prepod. Corpse and I have known a tank like this you, before. You you will hear about DPS complaining about their lack of prepot if you happen to pull a second early. Yeah. Three oh, yeah. seconds 100%. is too egregious of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people can have like a, either weak or or a rule, right? Prepot it too pre-pot at right. one, you know, on a pull timer and then follow the timer. Can we get a weak aura that just does it for me automatically? Huh. No. Not for pre-pot potting now. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so, can we skip best prof- professions? Is it basically the same as DK? It's all the same, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Um, final thoughts before we let uh, Zatar head out. One thing I will say uh, regarding the pre-pot, you can macro in, you can create a macro that only pops a potion out of combat, or you can also pop, you can also create a macro that'll do the same thing only in combat. So if you want to have like a separate pre-pot macro, you can make it so that you can't screw it up and accidentally combat pot. Yeah, that's like especially good. Like, let's say you're trying to pre-pot like with your misdirect or something as a hunter and you're like, trying to get it out quick but if you if the pull starts like i don't want to pot there i want to pot at a different time uh that's that's where it's really helpful can, um, once combat starts you don't accidentally use it can someone please give me a link to a yeah, example just, of that macro so i can put it in the I'll notes type for it out everybody for you else. In chat. perfect perfect okay all right well uh we're 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 gonna let sitar go uh sitar anything to shout out uh anybody to say goodbye to and definitely tell people where they can find you oh no just thanks to you all guys it's been fun uh don't really have too much going on other than a youtube and a twitch so zatar underscore wow on twitch zatar on youtube so pretty much it guys thanks for having me sorry i had to dip all good and got my two uh, favorite classes in for tanking so (laughs) yeah and we we will we will have all of his links in the notes so definitely check check those if you uh you didn't hear all right thank you so much all right i just gotta switch our stuff real quick here but and I did, we can yeah. move into paladin starting with like the changes oh shit um i just changed it and it's actually almost perfect except for zaya reed is a rogue but he has glaive, so <laughs> i'm just gonna keep that and he does play rogue. corpse is a priest he talked about yeah, like working on a priest. This is this works. Yep. We're we're our Gucci. All right. I've been playing going over overboard on the priest lately. In the last couple of weeks. Look. Um. Anyway, so I, yeah, I posted posted an example macro in chat you can use. Um, stuff that changes in pal for paladins, they kind of be they lose their kind of like spellcaster tank identity. Um. Right now in TBC, it's, it's just a whole bunch of spells that don't really... They're, they're lo- there are no melee strikes, right? Judgment is a 10-yard range. Holy Shield is just a buff. Consecrate is just an AoE that you put down on the ground that does damage. Um, your auto attacks do no physical damage. The, the seal holy damage on top of that is just a whole bunch of extra holy damage. Um, in, in Wrath, that changes. They now kind of become like a warrior is and that they have a bunch of melee strikes um so that's probably the biggest biggest change they have a very strict rotation um gcd capped rotation so right now they are the only tank that is not gcd capped they only have like four abilities that actually do something you can spend your extra dcs on other stuff for for threat but they're not that important does the one button macro work for paladin taking too? It will. I don't know if I don't know if you need an, an an add-on to extend the length of your macro or something like that. Um, but certainly a you could one button macro a paladin. You'd lose a lot of the flexibility if you need to do something different, but it's it's there. Um basically there's it's a very, very strict rotation. There's no procs or anything that will change what you press. 
um, like like a, a sword and board for a warrior resetting shield slam that will make you want to press shield slam early. That that doesn't exist for Paladin. Sorry, my uh, dog is like having a dream and like really barking loud in his <laughs> sleep. Um, um, okay, yeah, so, so the- because because of that, they they don't care about their focus on on spellcaster sets only as they are in TBC. They're more of a traditional melee tank that cares about hit and expertise and 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 strength. Whereas they don't. They Does don't it care strength? Much turn into spell power like do they even need spell yes. power gear spell no um so yeah there is a talent deep in prot that converts strength into spell power um all of their tanking abilities have i think spell or uh, spell power coefficient and strength coefficient so either stat will will increase their damage uh um, yeah like 30 percent of their strength becomes spell power but things have an ap or attack power ratio yeah. on them right that's why you can use Berserker's Call and things like that. Um, yeah. It, and I so, think yeah. just just overall strength has a better conversion rate than spell power. So much you higher. Specifically, yeah, much higher. So you specifically want strength gear instead of spell power gear. Yeah, because um, it's double dipping because it's giving that yeah. into the AP ratio and it, then it's giving uh, spell power because of the spell power ratio that you get from strength. So, this so is yeah. why all the spell the spell power gear plate wise currently yes. could be changed yes. to strength gear come right yes. and i believe the the spell power jewelry that we're all using right now is stuff that we'll have to change uh um, yeah for the most part expertise becomes more valuable hit is very good to pick up there so like band of the abyssal lord isn't bad at all the hardened resolve is great uh, neck wise you can still lean on the one you currently have crimson paragon's cover is still good for cloak so yeah, like uh, paladins, you only have to care like change a few things. Trinkets are probably some of the weirdest ones. Uh, shard is not bad, right? Uh, Berserker's call if you can get one and people not hate you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you just go with commendation. Still, there's uh, your enchants might be something you change around as well. Weapon is probably the most important one because you're. Your 51st talent is uh, Hammer of the Righteous, which hits three targets, four targets if glyphed, and it's based off of your weapon's DPS, not the weapon's actual damage range. So, for example, uh, the two weapons that people are mostly looking at are Dragon Encrusted Longsword from Caligos and Muramasa. Yeah. Yeah, it has haste on it, so it's a little faster than that, too. Um, but it, they both have 107.9 or 108 DPS. Uh, so they actually hit for the same amount of damage with Hammer of the Righteous. So it doesn't matter if you're using a fast weapon or a slow weapon. The DPS on the weapon is what matters. And caster weapons, like I have the Brutal Gladiator weapon, that thing hits for like 30 DPS, 39 DPS. So that's absolutely a weapon that you're going to want to throw away and get yourself a sword, Brutal Gladiator sword, uh, Uramasa, uh, Dragon Seal Crested Longblade. These are all really great options to have it's going to be a lot more dependent on having a weapon that actually has good dps on it and not a spell power weapon so okay don't pallies have like i'm pally dumb i have a level 29 tweak pally and a boosted pally that i worked to level Mm -hmm. 60 from 58 and got confused and stopped (laughs) don't they have like different stances and things where no. Like when they hit, no. they refresh things. Like, would you want to have a faster weapon overall? Uh, so there's, you're there's talking a, about a seal. Yeah. The, 
application. Oh, okay. I think yeah, seal yeah. application is typically like based you can get on mana back speed. from certain things. You can get you health seal, back from yeah. certain things. Like, seal does that really seal matter? Yeah. Uh, you don't if you really use them anymore. Yeah, Paladins don't have the mana problems that they had in, in the first two expansions. Because every time you block, you get two percent of your mana back, your maximum mana, with a blessing of sanctuary on. Mana, and, mana. Uh, you I also said it wrong. Plea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you also have divine plea and spiritual attunement. One point at least. Okay. Okay. Um, so the the traditional paladin build in wrath takes one point in spiritual attunement, yep. which will give you five percent of the um, effective healing that gets done to you and as a as mana to you. Um, but yeah, more importantly, Zyrene said the uh, blessing of sanctuary gives you two percent mana back when you block Doctor Perry, I believe. Um, yep. So for like AOE tanking, you are going to be full mana all the time, no questions asked. And then the other thing is one of the new spells in that gets added to Paladin gives you, which is Divine Plea in, in Wrath, gives you mana back over time. I think it's like 25% of your max mana over 15 seconds. Prop Paladin has a talent that when you melee attack something, it will refresh the duration of D Divine Plea. So you have this constant mini innervate on you while you're tanking yeah and keeping that up is pretty important um because you also have a glyph that makes it give three percent damage reduction so you want it up all the time and not have to like have it down and wait on cooldown so yeah um in terms of like the some of the biggest changes to paladin i think uh two of my personal favorites are uh you get a taunt that's not on gcd that's ranged uh does damage if the thing isn't targeting you and uh, it doesn't taunt all the other mobs to you too. So you can have a lot more finesse to pally tank. One of the big uh, things right now that prevents uh, double paladin tanking is if I run into a trash pack and I run into it and pick up everything. And this is why this is why whenever somebody was telling me at the beginning of TBC, they're like, Oh, we're going to use two pallies in a druid. I was like, you're never going to fucking use two pallies. SSC is like the only exception where you could maybe do it, but you're going to move away from that because the pallies have no finesse to their taunt in TBC. If you have it's just taunting things, whatever yeah. is on someone else. If, if you have four things on you and I taunt off you, I taunt three of them. And I don't even really get to choose the three that I get. Right? I don't get to go one, two, and three. So pally taunt has no finesse to it. And it's a lot harder to navigate that situation with double pally. There's many people who want to do double pally in Wrath of Lich King. It's absolutely doable because you have access to more finesse via these taunts. And having two of them means one resists, you have another one. And the cooldown is extremely low. I believe it's also the opener that you should be using on boss fights. Um, yes. Because it, yeah, when the boss isn't targeting you, I think it's called Hand of Reckoning, it's just like yeah. the most snap damage and threat that you can do. So taunting the boss right away and making and dealing damage to them is uh, your first action that you should be doing. That's my favorite thing about the changes to Paladin out of everything is just having a taunt that feels usable off gcd because currently pally taunt is on gcd so if i'm casting something which i normally am i have to wait i have to use the i have to finagle it too because it's just really awkward to use 15 second cooldown it's just not very like uh applicable to like real situations where you want to use the taunt to save somebody so you can't and have those reactions and now this gives you that ability to do so so it's much 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 better the other thing is if zyrene is taking four mobs and I'm tanking none as a prop pod. He has plenty of mana to to do whatever he wants in TBC, whereas yeah. I have none. 
double propellant tanking is absolute cancer in the biggest sense of the word or phrase in TBC. In Wrath, that's it's no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so I think I know the answer to this. Like, but uh, what specs are viable in Raids and Dungeons? Um, I'm assuming it's just all. Prot is the only thing that's viable. You don't have a shocking in uh, spec you could do in dungeons or something like that, or is there? I don't. I don't think there's any weird. There's def- certainly not any weird out of you know out of left field specs that that's drastically better for one uh, one situation or another. I just think you'll see small talent differences based on whatever. Um, not really too much of a different spec yeah um, there, there really isn't like prop paladin isn't really that flexible in terms of your talents you basically just take all of the good things in prot and then you go down to uh ret just a little bit uh and some people think like uh uh pursuit of justice is like non-optional it's mandatory type thing and then i think it's crusade after that still but yeah anyway those talents are what you basically go after and pursuit of justice is it's, it's a, a movement, movement speed. speed. Yeah. That's right, yeah. That's right. So it's it's 15% movement speed, which is better than the boot 8% movement speed. It's also you don't... I'm sorry if, if I'm annoying. I'm just like, I, I have to no, throw it out there for people listening. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, Pursuit of Justice is 15% movement speed, whereas your boot enchant is 8%. If you spec Pursuit of Justice, you don't need to have the boot enchant that gives you uh, run speed. So you can get a, a better Wait, it does um, boot enchant. No. Correct. Correct. Oh, so you're saying that one or the from other. my twink, I don't have to have that on my boots. I don't have to have run speed. If you have pursuit of justice, you do not. They do. What not if stack. I just do two yeah. of three? Sorry, um, this is personal questions right here. Whichever, whichever is stronger of the two. So two of three yeah. right now will give you ten percent movement speed, whereas the boot enchant only gives eight percent. So the the ten percent movement speed will will trump will super, your boot Okay, enchant. so what if I do one? Then you'll get your boot enchant, which just, is stronger. I just believe. the boot yeah. enchant. Wow, that's sucks. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. In in, in um, wrath, it becomes a two point talent where the first point is eight percent. So you take yeah. one point in it; it's equal to your boots. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. So cool. I, you'll always I, take two. I would say, and I'm probably guessing Zarin is going to say the same thing. Um, the boot enchant of no movement speed and just a higher number of whatever stat it is. I think it's stamina. Isn't that big of a deal compared to the movement speed boot enchant. So you probably yeah. want a the the movement speed boot enchant and no pursuit of justice in your talents, and instead get. I I'm guessing you're you don't want to have pursuit of justice talented, as you'd rather get movement speed on your boot. Or sorry, no, I always using, want pursuit of justice because I'm rocket booting. Right. That, that's yeah. Geez, I, I've. I realized that about five or ten seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Because you have, any, yeah, you basically have any to of the boot enchants. Yeah, yeah, basically any boot enchants that aren't. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's like it's like one of those like things where I had to shift it as well. Any of the boot enchants that aren't rocket boots are you're literally getting a second pair of boots to wear when you're not rocket booting or it's not up, which will be a min max thing. But yeah, pursuit I, of justice is like. Very, very good. I literally had like a like discussion with someone in chat during beta where we were talking about the best boots in chat. I was like, dude, it's run speed, period. Like 
like being faster is always better period whether you're rage dps blah 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 and then we were going on about it for 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 a while and then the dude goes well you're gonna have rocket boots so this conversation's null and void i was like dude you're so right it's like this isn't even a conversation right now yeah yeah because the rocket boots also give crit like just passively right so yeah and and, i mean just for like so many different encounters it's just huge and just for speed of moving through the dungeon it's such a short cooldown too so yeah uh and like I guess like one of the big things about paladins right now is like you you're like pretty big like AOE tanking. And one of the things that it struggles with is like I I have threat on a lot of mobs, but it's dependent on them hitting me. Spellcasters, it always sucks to tank because I'm not getting holy shield charges on them. Like in uh Sunwell, the trash leading up to Caligos is very frustrating to tank. Um you're constantly using your sappers, MD sappers, just to try and hold aggro. Um, you want to get in there fast immediately, etc. Uh, in in Wrath of the Lich King, uh, one of my paladins is going to be named Hooters because there's just so much cleavage that they do. They have <laughs> hammer, and I, I think Paladin just kind of a lot of people regard them as uh, the best tanks in Wrath, and I don't think that's untrue. I think they ha- very much so have like the highest DR from talents and glyphs together. I think they end up approaching something like eighteen percent, um, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, they're a block class, so bosses that attack very quickly, you get a lot of value from block. It's one of the things where, like, uh, you think of, like, ads on Muru, where they attack main hand, offhand. If I have uh, block value, I'm getting twice as much block value out of that block. If it was something with a two-hander that hits me for 4k versus something that hits me for 2k, 2k, I get to double dip on block. So the faster something attacks, or the more attacks it gives, instead of big hits, the paladin is what you want. So the DK likes those big hits because of will of the necropolis negating big hit damage. Like we were talking about earlier with Zatar and paladins really excel when there's a lot of tiny hits that they can just continuously block. And it's the same thing with warrior, but paladins can actually tank the big bosses as well. So they, they kind of can do everything. And I think one of the things on private servers that paladins became was they became your favorite tanks, favorite tank. Right. So if you have a main tank DK, Warrior, Druid, they don't, and even another DK, they don't really increase the durability of that Death Knight. But a Paladin combined with a DK makes that DK close to unkillable. You give them, you give them an aura that increases the amount that they get healed by. Um, you increase, uh, you can give them divine guardian which is a 20 percent damage reduction you can be in the same group as them also there's only a few things in the in the game that are group wide still there's only a few things it's mostly totems monotide totem healing stream totem um drain eye racial things like that uh divine guardian divine sacrifice is one of them divine guardian is 20 percent damage reduction to the entire raid divine sacrifice is you take 30 percent of the damage of your party so if you put the prop paladin in the same group as the dk they can actually take 30% of their damage, give them 20% damage reduction, and then even use Hand of Sacrifice afterwards and reduce the damage they take as well and take that for them. So the Paladin has ways to increase the durability of another tank when they aren't tanking. And that's what the Paladin's biggest strength on private servers is, is they make your tank unkillable or even more unkillable. 
or tank busting abilities, your paladin, who's not tanking, actually has an effect over that too. And that's what the biggest strength of paladin is when you're kind of combining them in a tank situation. That is huge. But most importantly, for that whole spiel, yeah, yeah. do you have <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Hooters tabard picked out with orange and white yet? Not yet, not yet. They need orange and white, you know, (laughs) talking to you, Blizzard. Uh, Maybe you can partner with Hooters. We get some wings and we get a tabard. Just saying. Um, But, okay, so, uh, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Paladin tanks are still the king of of off tank, like AOE taking ads, yada, yada, yada. But can they main tank? And correct me if I'm wrong first before you talk about yeah. main tank. They're kind of the kings of everything except icy touch, single target threat, um, and like magic damage. Like the two things that DKs do really well, and they're the kings of. Um, paladins aren't. But paladins are incredibly good at single target, multi target, surviving, not dying, increasing the durability of your raid. Uh, Divine Guardian is considered the best raid cooldown in the entire game because it's a shield wall for the entire raid. And you can, if you don't want to take the damage for your group, cancel aura half of that because it puts two buffs on you. One that makes you take your group's damage and one that gives everybody 20% damage reduction. And so you can just correct. pop that ability and cancel the one that takes damage for people and just give everybody the shield wall. And so, a ret and a holy could do the same thing, right? Yes. If you talent into it, holies a lot of time get it. Rets usually go aura mastery um, because they have to, if they go for... Uh, if they go for Divine Guardian, they, I believe they have to give up a strength talent, or not a strength talent, a, um, uh, the talent that increases their seal damage. And just, yeah, re- so just remind people what Divine, you said what it was, but just remind people now what Divine, Divine Guardian? Guardian is. Yeah, Divine Guardian is a cooldown. I can just pull it up here for a second. It's a, th- it's a two minute cooldown that 30% of all damage taken by party members is redirected to the Paladin up to 40% of his HP. Uh, and the damage which reduces the paladin below 20% will break the effect. So you take your party's damage, 30% of their damage, up to a maximum of 40% of your health. You can also bubble and do this and take the damage for them oh, and it'll wow. all have bubble. Wow. Okay. I and, did not know it, the, yeah. the bubble part. Wow. That's yeah, you, can, you can bubble sack. You can bubble divine sacrifice. Uh, the divine guardian portion is the talented version of this. Um, because the first one's a talent. This is like an improved talent of a talent um, where your entire raid gets 20% damage reduction for six seconds, which is the main appeal to it. Uh, there's a smaller part on it that has to do with your sacred shield and the amount absorbed by it, but it's very, very minor. So the big appeal of this is 20% damage reduction to everybody in the entire raid for six seconds. And then the 30% of your group's damage is taken by you. And so a lot of the times, like a, a Rhett Paladin or an H Pal will pop this and they want to cancel macro the second half of it where they take damage for people. They just want to give everyone the damage reduction. Um, but if you're a prop Paladin, you want to be in the same group as your other tank and take damage for them a lot of the times. All right. Damn. Yep. So uh, there's also... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go, go. Uh, no, I was just going to say that... Uh, like the paladins, like they don't really have like to answer your question from before. They really are the head honchos of tanking. Um, the only reason that like Sitar and I think that warriors are so good is that they add more offense to an entire raid. 
paladins actually in full clears right now are doing more damage than warriors unless those guys are arms prospect. So right now it feels like blood DK is incredibly low. Frost DK is like a step above that. Feral Druid is in there depending on how much they're main tanking. Um, but prop paladin and prop warrior are the top two classes that do the most damage while tanking. Arms prot does the most by far, and then prop paladin is right under that. Regular shockwave warrior is below that. So paladin itself actually does a lot of damage. Uh, when you look at full clears, they do a substantial amount compared to other tanks. If you have a blood DK, frost DK, uh, even a prop warrior, or feral druid that's not it was main tanking, you can compare logs side by side. The prop paladin actually does a lot of damage. They don't feel very balanced. Um, and that's why I think like prop warrior eventually will fall off into prop paladin taking that spot once things hit harder. Okay, so uh, both uh, corpse, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, no, <laughs> he seems to have added or done everything, said everything. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right, so yeah, it's, it's all uh, so how does that transition into main to main uh, tank? Because like we've talked about like DKs being main tanks, we've talked about warriors being main tanks. Like, can the paladin just do it all? Yeah. Like, people talk about running double paladin as their two tanks, and it's completely doable. They can help each other take damage. Uh, the finesse with the taunts is there. Who do uh, they have as? They're really. Oh, I guess, like, if you had a third tank, who do they have as their third tank? Like a DPS DK that switches over yeah. or something? Or, or a druid. You're probably going to have a feral druid in your raid up until. You feel like Fury Warriors are good enough that because Feral Druids and Fury Warriors share the same buff, right? The five percent leader of the pack. So until Fury Warriors are good enough to dethrone a Feral Druid from that spot, then the Feral Druid will have it for pretty much all the time. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Uh, do Pally tanks? Do they outshine the D the the DKs in main tanking on high spell damage uh, bosses? No, but on really fast hitting bosses, I think they do. Like I think I think I think DK is the preferred Algalon tank because he dual wields, he hits hard. Kind of thing. He has specials in addition to that instant specials. Yeah, and he has ways to like giga burst you down. So like Arden Defender definitely gets value. I think DKs are also still very good though. It's so hard to tell like which one is better for fights because they both do very similar things. Like DK on like Syndragosa, where you don't really want to be meleeing her, is very big with icy touch threat. Uh, Paladin also can do that. Warriors kind of SOL, like a Syndragosa warrior tank. Because whenever you hit Syndragosa, she gives you like a stacking debuff that makes you take damage over time and just keeps going. A warrior's like killing themselves all the time. And DK is not. And Paladin can also do that. So they're, they're very, very close. Would you say. Anybody who runs a 25-man raid is crazy if they don't include a at least one pally tank. Uh, I don't have one in my NAC speedrun comp. <laughs> you both said eh. <laughs> I think I think it's after, not required by I think, the imagination. I think after NAC. What about for casuals? Yeah, yeah I, I think for casuals, a DK paladin is probably what you should be running from the beginning. Like you're gonna use them the entire like here's the other thing too, right? is if you're a casual guild, one of the biggest arguments that casuals will make against like my Rot Warrior, Feral Druid, main tank, off tank, Nax thing, um, when they don't know that I'm talking about speedruns, is they're just like, so if you're saying that like 
warrior isn't going to be what you're going to use in old war or icc why would you spend the time gearing it because it means you're going to start phase two having to gear up a new tank right wait so phase here two even a, like even old war is it good for for warrior i i feel like it hello well, I mean, algalon is like something where i don't think prot warrior feral druid is going to fare very well like you watch the outgoing damage of that fight it's a dual wielding boss that is constantly doing an extra cleave on top of it plus he's just you want like raw armor values you want things that can reduce damage uh warrior is not your boy for that one maybe feral maybe but the block of a paladin or the will of the necropolis from a uh, blood dk seems to be better he's uh, basically a, a a brutalis with random elements to his burst rather than brutalis yeah. which is on a strict timer it is not pretty yeah. See, I feel like if you were going to transition from the warrior main tank, TOC would be where to do it because basically no all, trash. you know. Well, but what, what I'm saying is, as somebody who speed runs, I'm just going to play whatever tank is considered best or what tank I think is meta. And based on like how well I do or how well I see other people doing and like figuring out which one it'll be. There's potential for me to not play Warrior in Phase 2 at all, right? Uh, and so for casual guilds, I would say you are for sure going to use Paladin and DK in the later phases. So if you want to integrate those players into your raid now and use them throughout the entire expansion, you should do that. So I would encourage guilds that are not speedrunners, that are not top-level guilds, that to use a DK and to use a Paladin as their two main tanks. I would Dang. highly encourage that. Dang it, Zyreen, you're talking my guild out of not letting me main <laughs> tank the completion raid, the raid that just wants to like knock out all the content. I'm supposed to main tank as the warrior, and you're talking about of letting me do it. I mean, I, I'm just calling it as I see it, man. It's you're, oh, it's, it's just oh. how it is, dude. Like, I if, hope like, if to the guild prove you wrong, wanna, like, damn it. Because like. Because like, what's going to happen to you after they give you all this gear and you tank for them and then TOGC comes out? It's like, well, they're going to have to just have you... What are you going to do? They should have been funneling you Fury gear in the background. Like, how are you going to transition? Or are you just going to be like, oh, I was playing DK on a different raid the whole time. Now I'm the main tank now. Because that's what I'm going to do, right? So I'm going to be like, oh, doing splits and stuff. So they just rotate my character in based on which one's better. I might do that. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm planning to yeah, do. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I might, because uh, I, I really want a main tank. Really oh, yeah. want a main tank. So I'm gonna basically, like, and it's a, it's the com, it's the completion raid, not the com, not the competitive raid. Like I'm okay. DPS in that one. So like I I'm willing to do whatever it takes, like to yeah, actually be like be good and be able to do it for for them throughout so this is good information i sh i should have something waiting in the wings to like switch to and i yeah. i could i mean i could maybe just switch from prop warrior to pally too like it doesn't have to yeah, be dk right yeah because like prop warrior does not make it easier for your raid to clear the content it all it does is it will make it faster once all you're doing is pushing time uh if you're trying to make it easier for you to kill stuff, DK, Paladin, those are the two, absolutely. And that's why they're used on private servers, because things hit harder, have larger HP pools. So, yeah, the Warrior is like, is very much so a greedy tank. Uh, and speedrunning, you want to be greedy. 
it's not about like having things that save you from dying. It's how do I get as much damage as possible without dying? Right. So things I, that save you from dying. If it costs you any damage, then you don't do it. So I should have it all either DK or Pally side by side gearing at either G DKPs or pug runs. Splits. Like splits, pug runs. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think our completion runs going to do a split, but like, I yeah. could be doing my own work on the outside, making sure that character's ready. All right, cool, cool. You like yeah, scared yeah. me there for a second. My yeah, I guarantee you. Like that's the thing, right? Is we don't know if there's a spot for Prot Warrior, Feral Druid, in TOGC ICC in a raid that wants to be comfy. But we know for an absolute fact that Paladin and DK, there are spots for them um, if you want to be comfy. And that's, those spots exist from the get-go. I cannot tell you how much easier it is to tank patchwork as a blood DK off tank than any of the other tanks I played. It is just it is ridiculous how much damage you absorb. There's just so it's going to be so much easier to do things like Sartharian with the blood DK. So there's there's a lot of things that become easier when you make it easier on yourself. So uh, if you want to have that in the wings, I I highly recommend it. Highly think- highly recommend. Do you think anybody actually does Sarth uh, without the Zerg strat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did it uh, as well. It was fun. It yeah, was actually... you did it for fun, though. Do you think anybody does yeah. it like normally just because like it's because it's not easier? So it was more fun for sure, though. Like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was actually so funny. Oro was uh, just Oro, the enhancement shaman player. He was like actually making groups after we did it to just keep doing three man, uh, the actual three Drake legit, right? He was like, let's just keep doing legit on beta. <laughs> just like, instead of zugging it down, it was the legit strat. So people had to learn that strat. It was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. I um, mean, uh, were you, were you able to Zerg both 10 man and 25? I never uh, yeah, did yeah, it yeah, on yeah. 10. 10, 10 was a little harder. 10 was twice. a little harder to do. Really? Yeah. Okay. 10 was harder to zug. I think the ratio of his HP to expected number of damage dealers is, uh, is higher for 10 man. So you have to have more damage out of each individual person. Uh, unless you're like, cause you're, you're going to be like one tanking and then you're going to have right. one person kite the first Drake when it comes down. So you're already losing one tenth of your da- potential damage or one eighth. And you have to run like one healer. So you're like one healer, one tank, one kiter. So you really have like seven damage dealers. Whereas when you do Sartharian 25 man, you have one tank, one kiter, and then you have like two healers. Two yeah. Yeah. Is 21 one healer healers? and one like, heal hands. Yeah. It's like, that's a <laughs> lot of damage dealers. Like the raid is two and a half times larger, but you have three times more damage dealers. So it's, uh, the ratio gets really, really, uh, in favor of you for burning in 25, man. We you can pre- do it with suboptimal classes and in 10, you get, can't really at the start yeah i I mean i like like the way it worked out wrath like basically when everybody was in like pretty much full olduar gear every guild was getting down sarth three drakes and it was all zerg everybody that did it in the beginning didn't do zerg like they did the full thing and it was really a badge of uh badge of honor the zerg is actually really easy if you put out enough dps like it's crazy easy. And if you have some, it's going to be easier too. It's going to be even easier because uh, what's going to happen is uh, 
you don't have to wait in between pulls for lust. So you can just keep going over and over again. Trying, yeah, Yeah. because that was that was the biggest thing with um, the the Zug Strat when we were doing it is after every pull we had to wait uh, like three minutes for lust to be back up because that run back is pretty short and we would just be like okay we're ready to go and we had to wait and then people would leave or whatever like filling always takes a long time so yeah it would be it'll be even faster when you can just keep throwing yourself at the boss over and over and over again yep um okay so we did cover gearing already really with the changes uh so just glyphs and best professions we could probably skip to just glyphs and final thoughts uh glyphs there's divine plea which Sarah already talked about it's three percent damage reduction whenever whenever you have that divine plea up which is almost all the time um what else is there there's hammer, hammer of the righteous, righteous. Yeah. which adds which adds an extra target from three to four targets it's like a cleave ability um what else is there there's your standard taunt has eight percent higher hit chance oh and uh seal of vengeance is the big one which gives 10 10 expertise while seal of vengeance or i guess for horde seal seal of corruption while they're active and so i think divine plea and seal of uh, vengeance are the important ones third one is kind of optional oh interesting yeah i was um it was actually really interesting because i was uh of a slightly different opinion was that divine plea and hammer the righteous were the ones that were necessary and then the uh the uh, 10 expertise oh. from vengeance was the one that I was flexing around a little bit. Oh, okay. uh, because certainly for AOE stuff, uh, hammer yeah. and righteous is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, I guess so, for a single target and whatever. Yeah. Cause there I'm mostly go. doing, I'm mostly caring about like trash anyway, as an like, player I am, but any, any guide that I look at that's on Wowhead or anything like that, it's never for me. It's never for me. The glyphs they have are like, Never for me. Like I mean, I'm running Glyph of Devastate and Sunder, and no warrior on Wowhead's ever going to be caught dead with that because it's a trash. It's things for trash. Like you literally have glyphs for three GCDs on a boss, and then those two glyphs don't do anything, right? So right. It, it, that's like that's my kind of flavor for. Uh, are you saying? What's up? Are you saying? Are you saying Wowhead just for like warrior glyphs and guides. tank glyphs? I'm just saying guides in general. Those, yeah. What about Simonizes guides? A lot of that stuff, he will actually put like a little uh, asterisk next to it for trash and stuff. Like he actually does specific trash builds now, which I'm very happy about. But yeah, yeah like Simon Eyes is somebody who has, like Simon Eyes is somebody who has like the same uh, mentality, right? That trash damage does matter, but he does, but he does care about the people who want to just parse on bosses too. Um, but for me, when it comes to like tanking and stuff, trash is usually the majority of my job. On um, in Wrath, I understand that trash is very easy to tank and bosses should be too. But when it came to Seal of Vengeance, and I was getting so much expertise, uh, even on the beta, I was actually using this and I was wasting half of it uh because I was human. I was wasting half of it for at least the the soft cap, right? I was only getting a uh, like three-fourths value of uh the glyph, because I was getting like the initial five was working for both carry and dodge, and then the next five was only working for one out of the two stats right. um so i wasn't getting as much value out of it so i started running around and trying other things um i tried a glyph of holy wrath to reduce the cooldown by 15 seconds for aoe pulls uh just to add it in as well as like another thing uh the glyph of exorcism was one i tried for pull i didn't really like that one too much 
Righteous Defense was the other one for reducing the or for increasing your hit chance with your two taunts by eight percent. But you have two taunts, so it felt like it was right. kind of meh. Yeah. Uh, don't ever take Glyph of Consecration. It's a trap. <laughs> yep. It's a massive trap. I hate that thing. Um, Wait, yeah, I, okay, I was basically so, in between. Yeah, just tell what Glyph of, Con- of Consecration um, does. So it, yeah. it increases the duration and cooldown of Consecration by, by two seconds from an eight-second duration and cooldown to a 10-second duration and cooldown. The thing is, Paladins have a very fixed rotation that relies on Consecration being pressed every nine seconds. Nine seconds on the bat. So yeah. waiting an extra one second to push Consecrate because it now has a 10 second cooldown is murder on your DPS. Yeah. So, so it's actually like a literal unusable glyph. It, it's a DPS loss to have that glyph mm-hmm. equipped over is it an good empty for red? glyph slot. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, Consecration, I think, maybe? Like I'm not depending sure. on how I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. out the ads <laughs> are. Irene and I don't play red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I was just, I was just um, like, is it like literally something that should be dull deleted from the game? If like if that's the case, like that was just what I was curious. I of. feel like Rhett can use it, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, basically, like, propellants have three good glyphs. However, they're not all usable in each situation. So yeah. maybe you only care about one or two at yeah. any particular I, time. I, I'm a crazy motherfucker sometimes too. Like for me, I was sitting there and I was like, well, what about Glyph of Salvation? As a, when you cast Hand of Salve on yourself, it reduces your damage taken by 20%. I was like, that sounds like a good defensive to me. Lowers your threat, but nobody was like trying to catch me anyway. So it was like another thing that I could see that potentially being useful in the future on bosses, especially if you're in a guild where, you know, you, you feel like you need extra defensives because Hand of Salve is only really ever good if you're casting it on somebody else. Um, but this gives it value casting it on yourself in a situation where you would normally just be like, nobody's close to me in threat. Why? Like, this is a useless ability. Sure, it like goes in one of your filler windows where you'd cast like Sacred Shield or something, but yeah. Like for like niche situations where a boss yeah. is just really smacking you. I could, it, I could see things, but it really depends I mean, on I how I think there's going to be a lot of would, things with. Um, I wouldn't glyphs, even say right? it's. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't even say it's really a niche situation. There are a lot of bosses that do tank buster abilities. And if you happen to reduce the damage of that tank buster by putting up salvation on yourself, you can always just cancel or the salvation. If, yeah, if you true. only need two seconds of the of the, the salvation buff, you're only losing a couple percent of threat. It's not a big deal. Sure, I'm sure you could use it uh, precast it on pole too. <laughs> but you'd lose absolutely. like two seconds, three seconds of it or something. But yeah, it was just one that I was messing around with a little bit. I'm not sure exactly what I want as my last glyph, but I'll, I might go back to Vengeance because of the expertise always has value on bosses. But I found myself using Seal of Command on Trash all the time, so yes. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, yeah, Holy, Ra- Holy Wrath was kind of fun. I don't know how relevant that, it'll be in all the content, though. That's one thing important to notice and uh, to note is that Seal of Command gets uh, changed from a Seal of Lottery into a Cleave for Prop Paladins. Um, so it is your your uh, de facto seal for for AOE um, short lived trash. It yeah. does a lot of cleave damage, um, and obviously, if you have seal of command active, you aren't getting the bonus from seal of uh, the glyph of seal of vengeance. So that glyph is completely worthless on trash that you use seal of command on. Yeah, and somebody else pointed out that like. Pain suppression lowers your threat too, but it never like makes anybody rip threat off. That is that is true. That is true. 
but yeah, this would only be like if stuff was actually hitting really, really hard. I would ever mess around with that. Yeah, basically you have one glyph, divine plea. Everybody agrees it's good. Hammer of righteous and vengeance are the other two, and then sometimes you might be able to deviate from those uh, in the future based on if we figure out there's more uh, there's more things we should be like testing. Uh, the minor glyphs you pretty much always want glyph of sense undead. No reason to not take it. It's one percent increased damage against undead when you have detect undead on. So any of those glyphs that actually increases your output uh, in minor glyphs, you should always take. And then lay on hands, I think is the other one. Reduces That's like the cooldown on laying hands. Yeah. yeah. Does it reduce There's the no, cooldown or it just makes it not oh. reduce it by five minutes? Gotcha. Yeah. I, lay on I, hands doesn't take all your mana anymore. I was just about to ask that if it changed. Yeah, um, it did change. Wait, what did it change to? It doesn't take all your mana. Uh, I believe it full heals and then puts forbearance. It, it, I want to say it. Let me, I have to look this up. I want to yeah, say yeah. it. It full heals, takes all your mana, and then gives you mana back. Does it still do that? Okay. Uh, let me read. All right. While you read, I just want to point out I love how the glyphs are changing the game. And I really do think like the hard, hard modes starting in Old War are really going to make different, like, You'll have the same classes in raids, but you'll have different classes doing a different job, taking different glyphs. And like, there's no way to like, like talk yeah. about what you're going to do differently. But basically what your specific raid is struggling with, with your specific comp, you're going to find different ways to make the fight easier according to your comp and your raid with glyphs and i think it's a really neat thing like i think it's gonna be really neat yeah. all right so I just um, threw okay that so it looks like uh lay on hands does not have any mana burning uh component yeah. to it anywhere okay i did not know that yep that's a big change from tbc then yep 15 minute cooldown when it's glyphed so basically everybody has that it's fantastic um so yeah 15 um, minutes from 60 yeah it's huge um yes certainly paladins yeah. have a wide variety of glyphs that are decently useful depending on the situation. They can certainly change yeah. based one, on what you're doing. One thing to note that Lay on Hands is one of the few spells that have been named so far that will not reset on boss death or on uh, uh, encounter end or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Or on boss wipe. So. That's one thing to to um, note. You're not going to be able to just use that every fight uh, if you're wiping. So, uh, okay, all right. Best professions, same. Yep. All right, all right. Final thoughts. As a paladin lover, uh, the fantasy that they currently fill in their niche, I think, only gets stronger, and they are like the best tank for. Like if you were to take kind of just across the board averages of what how good everything is at different things in the tanks, Paladin would probably have the highest score out of all the tanks in terms of if you measure their capability to do single target, AoE, supportive things, damage, right? If you took all these things into account, Paladin would have the highest score out of all the tanks by a good margin. I don't think any of the other tanks are as well rounded. Uh Druid is probably like the closest, but at 
they're one of those jack of all trades, master of none, whereas the paladin is close to mastering all of them. And that's why I think the paladin is just such a strong tank and relevant throughout all of TVC or sorry, Wrath of the Lich King. So if you're ever like, if you're wondering about what you should play, it's probably paladin um, because you will always be relevant if you're like worried about that in the slightest. Uh, DK is the other one, but I don't think they're as relevant during the beginning of the game. Corpse? Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of one what thing. this pod has been. Like, you guys are like, yeah, no you've got so um, many big brains. One thing here. I noticed just from screwing around on the beta with Paladin is they do an ass load of damage yeah. compared to live. And they, they all they already out damage every melee class in oh. Mount Hygel. So um you were you were talking about um uh the strict paladin rotation. Uh yeah. so I, I'm familiar with one rotation. What what rotation are you talking about with that? So there's a nine they call it nine six nine rotation. Nine, Basically nine, you okay. have yeah. So it's there's three abilities that have um what you can cast every um nine seconds and then a pair of abilities that each have six second cooldowns. So you can just alternate um, a nine second cooldown ability followed by a six second cooldown ability um, forever and ever. Um, and it goes through like, it, you basically just alternate a nine second cooldown ability with a six second cooldown ability and it, you have enough abilities such that they will never, um, you will always have one ability to hit, right? Yeah. So it's like um, Judgment, Consecrate, and Holy Shield are the three. Are the three nine-second abilities. And then you have yeah. Shield of Righteousness and Hammer of the Righteous as yeah. your two six-second abilities. Yeah. So what ends up happening is it's basically... Uh, I, I know they call it 969. Um, I just kind of like to think of it as it's Hammer with a filler and, sh and then a Shield in between, right? So because you have a, uh, a 1.5-second GCDE, you get to cast one thing between your two uh, abilities when you like alternate them. So you use hammer 1.5 seconds later, you use a filler ability, one of your three, then you use uh, shield of the righteous, then you use a filler, then you use hammer. So it's hammer, filler, shield, filler, hammer, filler, shield, filler, right? That's all you do. So you'll be like hammer, one of your three shield, one of your three back to the start. And you just do that over and over again. Um, and you're basically just putting abilities in the middle. Sometimes you can do things in that filler window that aren't those nine second cooldowns like sacred shield on yourself, just for a little mitigation, whatever you want to do in there. Um, but you can skip them sometimes to do a utility thing like salvation, sacrifice and whatnot. So uh, I usually like to think of it more like that where I'm using hammer shield, but hammer filler shield filler. Uh, and that, that's that's how I found a like it's an easier way for me to approach it. All right, shit. Uh, yeah. All right. So, last and certainly least, the kings of main tanks in TBC Druid. I think we should just skip it. I mean, who cares, <laughs> right? <laughs> I need to be at work in the morning. It's yeah. Damn, you guys gonna you guys gonna do the Druze like that, man? Uh, I mean, am I wrong? But are these not the weakest tank? I just be, I, I don't know if people play it enough right now. I think Druids are really excited about being hybrid. Um, I'll change this uh, next beta and play Druid a little bit and get more into it. But 
right now, a lot of it is just the discovery of how do cat druids do more damage while being cat? So like they've started to do something called bear weaving, um, where on AOE packs, they start like, because you have an energy and you have rage, right? And the Fuhrer talent uh, was originally the thing that's like wolf's head helm. When you shift into cat form, you get 40 energy, right? I just saw something on this on Reddit. Yeah. When you shift. Yeah. When you shift into a cat form, you get 40 energy. When you shift into bear form, you get 10 rage. Wolf's head helm gave you an additional 20 energy. So every time you shifted into cat form, you got 60 energy right away. Uh, Fuhrer changes to you can store up to 100 energy while being in a different form. So you can go bear form after you dump all of your energy, do some moves in bear while your energy is ticking in the background and recovering, then you swap back to cat and dump that energy again. So what, what cats are doing now is they're doing something called bear weaving, where they're dumping all of their cat energy, going bear, doing auto uh, mangle lacerate. Uh, they're usually doing like two autos, a mangle and a lacerate somewhere in there. But the idea is you keep five stacks of lacerate up the entire fight by going back to bear. So you're doing and all of your cat DPS back to bear, is, lacerate five stack, keep it up and then go back and forth. And then, so, and then uh, lacerate is? Uh, lacerate is your, your, it's basically the equivalent of like Sunder Armor for bears where they wanted to stack it five times, but it's, it's a little dot. It's a stacking dot does very very little damage but what were you going to do you're going to sit in cat form just pooling energy you lose so, auto attack damage from cat form and in, in exchange you get bare auto attack dps which is lower but you also get this lacerate yep. dot get okay. the lacerate dot which is increased by 30 percent because of mangle um and the dot is very strong uh i think there's a talent that lets it crit as well that you yep. take so your rip and your lacerate can both have their ticks crit. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and bear form, you also just slap a mangle in there too, uh, in between, I think. So it's a, yeah, it's a mangle. It's not a mall. It's a mangle. Uh, you could do a swipe too, if you really wanted to, if there was AOE stuff around. But yeah, cats also get swipe. So cat swipe is very good. Now you can AOE DPS as a cat. They're very happy about that. Uh, and their 40 for, 51st talent is berserk, which is like a, a cooldown that lets them mangle with no cooldown in bear. Uh, and it hits multiple targets, hits three targets. Three targets so, the, yeah. yeah, the bear just starts mangle spamming on trash, just like as if they could cleave for a little bit. Um, right now, they're not that great from what I've seen. Um, the cats are putting in all the effort they can to make themselves better. Right now, I think Omen of Clarity was. I think there were some changes or something that happened where Omen of Clarity is now like people are doing stuff where they're trying to proc Omen of Clarity with like instant cast wraths. Um, people are going like uh -huh. cats are crazy. Cats are crazy. Well, you also but, have this well, talent where also at the same time on private servers, Omen of Clarity worked way better than what we've seen on the beta. Yeah. But yeah. I I so, I am uh, going to throw uh, throw this in here. Like you guys have. We've went through all the different questions um, throughout the different uh, different tank classes. I do think like Druid tank has been way less played on beta, and there isn't as much information. On top of that, all the Druid tanks from TBC are just excited to do cat damage in Wrath. So we're. I'm sorry to do you wrong, Bear tanks, but. 
We are going to kind of summarize this section because it is getting late and we don't want to kill everybody. So, uh, so I'm going to leave it up to you guys to talk about everything that you think needs to be talked talked about. I might ask a question if it confuses me or something, but I am going to turn it over to you and then we will end the show. Uh, All right, let's go. <laughs> um, main things. Um, Druids get full crit immunity and talent, so you don't need to do some weird stuff that you did in TBC. All the defense and resilience gemming and gearing and for all that junk is just completely gone. What? It makes Druid... Well, they, they get 6% crit reduction through talents, and as Irene is... pointed out before, you only need 5.6% total exactly. to be crit okay. immune, so they get crit immune through talents, no gear needed. Yep. Um, the other thing is, well... If you need to make some other class, some other tank class go DPS, they have to have another set of gear that doesn't have the the defensive stats on it. Druids just use like old gear. Like, hey, I had if I'm tanking in TOC as a druid and I get have my TOC gear as a my main spec cat, my Ulduar cat gear just gets regemmed for stamina and that becomes my bear gear. I don't need oh. to have I don't need to steal extra loot from the raid in order to keep multiple sets of gear. I just have like lower quality gear be my tank gear. So that's one thing good about about um, gearing up a, a feral to be both cat and bear is that you don't need to have the same gear investment as the it would take for the other tanks. Question. So yes. say you have that horrible situation where one of your tanks doesn't show up like in TOC, can your bear, who you've been having in the raid the whole time with his backup gear, do your off tank stuff? Absolutely. Okay, well that's a huge that's a huge boon to have in your raid. Okay, sorry. Go. I think that was most of what I had to say. Uh, off that's tanks, true. main tanks. Insane, insane off tank. I don't know how much they're going to main tank, but insane off tank because they can do a lot of damage while not tanking and it, when they are tank it, it's funny because like a lot of people are excited about the bear weaving where it's cat into bear but uh, I, I can't really weave into cat while i'm tanking a boss so uh bear tanking is still very boring apparently um it's where you're just as tbc yeah, you're basically doing the same thing as tbc with like one or two extra buttons for cooldowns yeah. um you, like, can you can march weave in, in last cat, hand though. Yeah. You can you weave can. into cat, uh, and then you weave into human dead body on the ground after that. But well, yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I was just gonna say our main tank when he first went druid from warrior. Yep, uh, he uh, literally he died instantly, and the raid was trying to figure out what happened. And he had you know he had just changed to druid, and he had switched to cat like right during. And uh, yeah, he instantly died. So you can do it. It's just not recommended. I have accidentally unshifted into human form when popping an iron potion, but didn't shift me back into bear form immediately on Brutalis. And I lived to oh, tell the well. tale. Which is another big <laughs> uh, point you were, you were to bring up. using the macro, right? Yeah, but I was on GCD, so it didn't instantly pull me back. 
So you have to. So using that macro, you have to wait until you're off GCD to press the macro, and it'll instantly oh. pop you back into bear. If you do it a split second early, or if you double click it, I think my problem was I double clicked it. It'll leave you out of bear form. So I popped the macro at like 100% health in bear form on Brutalis while tanking. And oh. I found myself at 20% health in human form <laughs> tanking. <laughs> That's another big change, guys. Still have a lot of dodge. Still have a lot of dodge in human as a druid. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that might be another big change to mention about druids. What was that? You were talking about potions. Okay. Oh, using oh, they consumables, they yeah. In form? I yep. had forgotten about that. That's yeah. That's that's something we didn't we didn't mention that should probably be mentioned. I'm gonna let you guys as the experts do it though. Yeah, you don't have to be in human form to pop a potion, so uh, it's not as big of a deal to like for for cats now because they have pure, which stores energy anyway. But it's a big deal for for druids where you were like, I want to pop a potion or an iron shield before this fight or a haste pop, but I'm at seventy rage, so now you get to keep your rage. You don't have to shift out. And I mean, just imagine how funny it is for a bear to like lift up one of the four paws and just drink a pot. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a funny image, right? Yeah. That was, yeah, uh, that was a huge one. I didn't even think about to mention with the changes. Like is there's something else, right? With Druid where you can do something else in form that you couldn't do prior. You can bark skin. Snapper, boots, bark skin, bark skin. I think you can do all of that stuff in bear form, I want to say. I may be wrong, but I think you can do most of it. You can definitely pop a bark skin in in forms. Yeah, Yeah. that was a massive change. Actually making it a real cooldown for banking. Um, One of the things from before, one of you said that cats were like instant instant wrathing to try and proc Omen of Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I was I was a main cat yeah. way back in the day, um, yeah. and f- I remember the theory crafting said that like the the instant wrath damage and then shifting into cat is actually lower damage than your auto attack DPS in cat, so you didn't want to do that. Um, however, also important to note is that Gift of the Wild is like a free Omen of Clarity proc, just because it's it's like it was something like it's a Omen of Clarity chance to proc on each of your twenty five raid members. And yeah. so casting Gift of the Wild is like a guaranteed Omen of Clarity proc. So you would cast Gift of the Wild pre-pull as a cat. Yeah, it wasn't working uh, on, beta on beta to do that. Okay. But somebody was saying, oh, I can check my feral chat right now. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It was absolutely working in retail TBC. Or retail, uh, sorry. Omen proc rates were changed today from instance, including instant wrath, proccing a lot more now. Uh, Gift of the Wild might make a comeback. Uh, something they call flower shifting. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I'll have them explain it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Flower shifting. Uh, I don't know what that is. Um, Hurricane has a chance on every tick to proc on private servers, but it's not the same here. So there were a lot of things on, um, on private servers that Omen of Clarity was just proccing off. That's why like cats were so good on private servers and they didn't have to bear weave. Right, bear weave is like the solution to oh, omen of clarity isn't proccing off stuff because people would buff gift of the wild or yeah, gift of the wild on the entire raid. Uh, they would do things like hurricane. They would uh, I was the flame cap. The flame cap would uh, go on cat auto attacks and would uh, give you uh, wait flame cap. Uh, 
yeah, consumable that makes it to your autos yeah, do like 45 order. damage or whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah. On private servers, it procs Omen of Clarity. So it was, it was interesting. But it does not it's right now. So it's uh, the, the, the cats are trying to find out what they need to do. In terms of bears, there are just don't seem to be a lot of like pure bear players. Um, so I'll have to get back to you once I've made the full transition, you know, to be in a full bear player. Because I'm not, I don't really want to be one of those uh, cat DPSers. I feel like I want to be the bear tank and see what that's like. See, I think the, you're the, the other opposite side. of every bear tank in TBC at the moment. They're all the third tank, and they're just like, like okay, I'm talking about the bear third tanks that are forced to be tanks oh. like rugs, and, you know, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. these people are like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're the cat that sometimes bears. I'm the bear that sometimes cats. Cool, Never cool, wants cool. to cat. cat. Cat DPS is incredibly fun in Wrath. Yeah, that's what and, I hear. Oh, and it and it pumps like yeah, it does. Yeah, and like you're you're seeing beta at the moment, but just wait till Olduar. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying I don't know what they do after that, but I guess I only know what they do like on the patch that was actually Olduar. So I don't know what changes they made in ICC, but in Olduar they freaking like I had to fight as a rogue to like keep up with this really good uh uh feral druid. So we'll just have to I we'll don't to remember exact specifics. I remember their tier eight bonus set bonus from Old War being very good, and their tier ten bonuses from ICC being unreal. Um and obviously as an armor pen stacking class, they 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 have incredibly incredible scaling in those last two tiers of content in toc and icc uh best professions same same, <laughs> same. yeah all right um, um final thoughts on the druids and druids i am so sorry to do you rotten but we just don't have enough information and none of us have the like actual expertise to like give you anything we can only like speculate and the episodes run long so i'm sorry I, really sorry I, I mained Feral Cat in, in Retail Wrath and was my, my guild's like third or fourth tank, depending on situations. But that is my knowledge of, of that. Bear, Bear hasn't changed too, too much uh, from TBC to Wrath, so most of it is just... It already applies. You're just not you on the top anymore. And un, until proven wrong. Anybody so, who can actually do it let me know. I'll have you on the pod and you can talk about it and you can tell everybody how wrong everybody else is. Yada yada. It, it was a running joke during retail TBC that bears were the second best tank until like regardless of how the other tanks got buffed and nerfed, druids were always the second best tank until ICC when they just outscaled everyone. Um so like in in Nax and Oldwar DKs were in their release date, like broken as all hell. They got slightly nerfed for Oldwar and then nerfed again, and that caused them to be terrible. Um, so in TOC, uh, DKs got nerfed, but on in that same patch, Paladins got overbuffed. And so they, they leapfrogged into number one. Then Paladins took a hit in ICC. And so that nerfed 
like all the other tanks got nerfed and druids just kept staying at the same power level um well and you kind of like lead in there i'm not going to hit number seven but number six uh just as a, a final talking point here i think it's kind of fun because all three of us uh did raid at the top one per uh per per percent in um wrath yeah, I, so, I, I wouldn't say I did. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I know me and Zai Reen did. What are the yeah, differences? Like, I don't know tank differences because, like, like I talked about earlier, like, really, li literally, my tanks knew what they were doing. I just was, like, really knew what I was doing rogue-wise uh, rogue and, like, really was, like, just, pu just pumping that. But, like, what are the differences with tank meta Back in the I day, would, as opposed would, to now, I would say it's really depending on the fact that we're on the last patch of wrath versus the carousel of tank balance changes before that in retail wrath. So, like we're gonna we're gonna be in in classic wrath. We're gonna be um, tanking Star 3D with a, a you know probably a DK tank because they're so good against spells. But in in retail TBC, you still Boy. used a DK tank. <laughs> you, yeah. No, you still used uh -huh. a, a a a DK on Sarth. But oh my God, they were so much more powerful. What uh, IBF or Icebound Fortitude is what a three minute cooldown now, whereas previously in the initial release date of DKs, it was a one minute cooldown. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like Bone Shield was a a. Uh, one minute cooldown that gave like 40% DR. Now it's a two minute cooldown that maybe I forget what it gives, like gives like 20% maybe. But still, the fact that Icebound Fortitude's cooldown was was like cut in by a factor of three, like Vampiric Blood was cooldown was cut in factor by half. Like DK's got a massive nerf from the initial release date of Wrath to the final state that we're getting re released now. Um, so that's what I think the, the big changes is, is that you won't have changes or well, and that, that meta go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say at the same time, so many other classes went through nerfs and buffs, like the ending right, sure. of rogue with the way poisons work is crazy different from the start of rogue with poisons, like where your poisons, your offhand poison, like if it's uh, like, okay, it doesn't matter if it's your offhand or not, but you would put it on your offhand. Like if you're deadly poison over procs like five, it procs your other hands poison, but you're going to have like instant poison on your main hand. So like you're getting double poison procs, like those types of things weren't even in initially like in uh breath and i'm and i'm sure there's tons of other different changes that like i don't right. even know about you know because like basically like my knowledge for from back in the day wrath was rogue and a little bit of destro warlock like yeah so um another example is like the last couple patches of wrath we're talking like the last couple months of the expansion back in retail they added that that icy touch ridiculous threat scaling just to just because dk's were having so much problems with initial threat 
But now we have that in classic Wrath for the entirety of the expansion. And now we see like, oh, yeah, if you want to have really good threat as a tank, you just go on a blood decay and bam, icy touch. Yep. Uh, I wonder how many different strats for Sarth three, three Drakes were in original phase one. Like who was trying Unholy? Who was trying Frost? Who was trying Blood? I think the strat was to have to be unholy for 25 men because they had more powerful cooldowns, whereas blood for 10 men because they had a higher quantity or or better or lower cooldowns. Like you didn't need the strength of cooldowns for 10 men because it hit slightly less hard. You just wanted a higher quantity of cooldown or better cooldown recovery rate um that's what i remember so it's unholy for 25 blood for 10 for just for star 3d specifically it's so in- interesting like anybody watching on you on on youtube let us know in the comments what you remember send in emails like because it's super interesting like we are going to be playing a completely different game from the start of of wrath and so all of us boobers that remember the way it was, it ain't going to be the way it was before. So it's going to be fun. That includes me. It includes me. Like includes yep. all of us. It, it includes private server players. It's all different. That's what makes this exciting. Like it is not figured out. So it's going to be fun. Like what, what, Made classic van, van, vanilla WoW completely figured out was the fact that they used private server data to make that build. What we have now is the actual build that they had back in the day, and the private servers are wrong. So it's interesting and fun and hilarious, and we're going to have a blast figuring it all out. And I think that's probably the coolest thing that I'm excited about for Wrath. Although Blizzard still has to fix their bugs with this re-release version. True, true. So it, it, it's not necessarily the exact same. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah they're, right. they're running on the Legion client, which is always going to cause problems. Yeah, yeah you're running on new hardware, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they also have to recreate the entire rune system from the ground up because they reworked it in uh, retail, right? Yeah. Like you just have runes. You don't have runes of different types. Yeah. It's, I think that was it's Legion that, that made it all one color. And uh, the retail rune system recharges a maximum of three runes, whereas the Wrath version rest- recharges all six at once. Um, yeah. So retail has a lot more flexibility in when DKs can use their runes, whereas the Wrath version of DK just says, if you have a rune, you better spend it right now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, this has been a beggar, guys. Like, uh, I probably should have split this up in two episodes. I'm sorry. I did not realize this was going to be so long. My, my yeah, I mean, problem. this is why this is why I told you at the start when I was like, Cricks, there's no way he's going to do uh, all tanks in one podcast. I was like, uh-uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen with me around, dude. Hey, uh, and, do you, uh, you think you're getting a fast tank thing? Uh-uh. Zai, I think <laughs> I have given you proper reason. And I'm talking to you, Cricks. I'm talking to you, Sarth. You cannot do the tanks dirty. 
You need to have four separate episodes, maybe a mini episode for the Druids, unless you have a really smart person. But what you guys are doing with the deep dives are going to be looked into throughout the entirety of Wrath. And if this episode tells you any anything, it's that you need four different episodes. Do not do the takes wrong. Come on, Sarth. <laughs> Come on, Crix. I'm talking to you. Clip it, chat. Get it done. Because we and want it. I want it. I need more entertainment. So please do it. And uh, yeah, that yeah, that's gonna that's gonna end us out. And I hope I helped you uh, get uh, four separate episodes, or at least three and a half. You. Three, three. We can shoot for three. It's fine. The ferals <laughs> will take care of the rest. You know. <laughs> And there's obviously a lot of stuff that we skipped over entirely or maybe even glossed over. Yeah. Like I literally had to pull it along. You guys could have kept going in depth even more. And with a deep dive, I'm telling you, like if someone's picking up, uh, 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 you, you know, I know you YouTubers care about like views and everything. If someone's picking up tank, they're going to hit that one and they're going to really study it they're going to watch it more than once so it is worth your while to do these extra episodes hopefully like i hope Crix and stars don't don't kill me for this but uh yeah all right um guys we are gonna end out the show don't forget to follow us on twitter at wc reloaded that's how you know when we're going live that's the only place that i post for sure every time we are going live we have different guests on all the time so to know when we're going live is that's really the only way to do it uh you can also follow the mash those buttons network at the mash network uh, we want your wow stories. We want you to write into us. We want any thought, question, or anything you have. If you just want to say thanks, it's cool too. Send those emails to wcrpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to join our Discord, which has been uh, actually like, it's crazy because it was nothing and now people are actually talking in it. If you'd like to join that, it's uh, mash.gg slash this uh discord definitely ping like ping me if like you're asking me a direct que- uh question uh, i'm monitoring it more now but it's still like i'm trying to increase the habit of looking at it so that will help me for sure how can you help the pod well you can uh you can support us on patreon uh you know it's just like uh patreon search warcraft re uh reloaded link will be in the the show notes um it's the only place you're gonna get the raw audio right after we record uh so like on times like this where we record on wednesday you're gonna get it like a good like almost week earlier so maybe you know support us there the other way you could help the pod actually the best way Tell your guild. Your guild is huge. If you are the only person in your guild that listens to us, you have 24 other possible listeners that you could talk about our weird shenanigans, stupid stories. I mean, it could be a fun time. It's like watching a, you know, uh, a reality TV show. 
So tell your guild about it. Other ways, uh, reviews on iTunes, uh, stars on Spotify, reviews on bonusroll.gg. Help us too. All right. Oh, that was a lot to get through. Corpse, where can we find you? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> I mean, what if like a top end guild wants to recruit you as a tank? How do they get a hold of you? I'm busy now. Um, yeah, I'm playing on Benediction. Uh, character names are Corpse and add a number at the end. Yeah, it's Corpse one, two, three, corpse. four. All the numbers spelled out, like literally Corpse T W O Corpse Corpse. Uh, I've only had one person in my WoW career not understand my alts naming convention, and I feel sorry for them. Yeah, I, I just feel like it'd be weird if I did Blaze and Bob one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'd get so confused. But I mean, you're yeah. you're smarter than me. You so need to you, do, you need to shorten that a little bit to fit within the the WoW naming uh, character limit. All right, Zyrene, where can we find you? You can find me on twitch.tv slash Zyrene, Z-A-R-E-N-E. I stream pretty much every day. I have seven characters, eight characters at level 70, and I pretty much raid every single day, like I said. Um, I'm going to be playing all four tanks in Wrath, as well as a Rogue, and I'll be streaming that the entire time. Once again, that's twitch.tv slash Zyrene, Z-A-R-E-N-E. You can also find me on Twitter at Zyrene as well. So, yep. if you know Z-I-R-E-N-E, you can typically find me. And we will definitely have the links in the, sh- the show notes as well. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Blazin un- underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can also find me streaming daily. It's like my job now at twitch.tv slash Blazin Bob. Uh, I do, I don't know, I do a lot of really boring stuff, but people come and hang out and we talk. And so if you have any questions or anything or any people you want to suggest on the show, like come, ha- come hang. Cause I'm there most, most days now it's really weird starting streaming. It's a really strange world. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like started just because I wanted every second of, of my, my hardcore challenge, uh, uh, documented. I had streamed Overwatch prior with my Overwatch podcast. You know, I didn't get like seven viewers and six viewers and 15 and stuff like that. But I did the hardcore thing and I always had about, you know, eight, ten. And then it just keeps growing, I guess, if you just keep doing it. Like, it's, re- it's really weird, but chat's a cheat, especially like not for Zyrene, who knows more than chat but for someone like me chat teaches me a whole ton of shit so yeah they just make me angry uh, when somebody says something and they're trying to correct me on something or tell me about something um i say do you really do you really want to bet your place in chat on that because <laughs> i will prove you wrong right now and i will ban people if they're wrong if they teach me something like then great but if they if they were wrong and they interjected and ruined everyone else's chat experience in my day, no. <laughs> if they made me take time away to address the backseating comment that was wrong, like you can backseat, but just be good at it. You know, don't backseat and be wrong. 
double check yourself before you talk. Like, <laughs> See, well, luckily I'm small enough at the moment that most of the people that show up are just like podcast fans that want to help me. So usually oh. like I get good info, but uh, yeah, once you get bigger, you get the trolls in there and then, yeah, you have a whole different thing, but okay. We are getting out of here thank you guys so much it was a super late pod it's 2 20 yep. in the morning for me it's 12 20 in the morning for Zyreed I think it's 3 20 in the morning for Corpse no I'm also central time with you uh, so yeah so we're gonna get out of here and uh, we will see you next week alright bye alright see ya bye. thanks for inviting me man and having me on Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.